0: You are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to patreon.com swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier. Talk a little bit more about that later. Um, we have left the news of Pokemon Sword and Shield in our wake, and we have moved on to a very fun, random sort of week with tons of topical discussions. To help ease that long, long, boring work day. Or that long, boring drive. Or that long, boring game that you're grinding away at for some reason, but you're not sure why, so you throw a podcast on. Either way, we have the cure for those boredom blues. Fun poll topics to run through. Voted on by our at Sword Chomp Instagram community. Um, which uh, starts with our, our listeners voting on which Pokemon they're going to select. in Pokemon Sword and Shield. What is the favorite Pokemon of the listener? Um, we, we have a rundown of that polarizing Anthem tomb section that everybody's talking about, uh, Smash Royale, Royal Rumble style. What? That doesn't make sense. I forgot to talk about that last week and some listeners messaged me. So I got to mention that, uh, we're also flipping the roles of the next Zelda adventure. How did our listeners feel about that crazy idea that I have? We have an update on Austin Powers' favorite turn-based strategy game. That's right. and. Ape Out! Ape Out! That's right, the new violent devolver game Ape Out is going to get discussed by all of us here except Fish for some reason. Um, And we have a big old topic of the show that revolves around the idea of living in an era of video games that are being released unfinished. Um, I don't want to give too much away right now, but it's a really really fun topic to discuss. Um, Game game developers, in in theory, blowing their load too early, per se. Uh, Speaking of premature ejaculation, let's get to some intros. Anthony Fisher is here, a.k.a. Fish, a.k.a. Fishsticks Fish on Instagram, if you're nasty. Uh, Fish, I'm going to use you this week (laughs) a little bit as a meat shield, okay? So your intro is both, this is revolutionary, your intro is both a welcome and an advertisement for our sponsor, Uh Sassy D Merch, because, Uh uh, you received something in the mail this week, didn't you?
1: i sure did sassy d uh sent me some well at sassy d if you wanna look them up on instagram uh they went ahead and sent me some uh socks uh and I got their mermaid <laughs> and yeah i've uh they were neatly packaged and everything and looked like they were Nicely fabricated in a way that the fabric was actually enticing to me, <laughs> and I, I th- actually wanted uh, to try them on. But uh,
2: yeah,
3: those could not have been uh, sent to a less safe pair of feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be wearing them on my feet, Josh. No, that's
2: what I'm worried about. No. <laughs> can I have? You know, can
4: I make one request? With these, can you recreate uh, the scene of Tom Cruise sliding around in the white button-up shirt and the whitey tidies and socks? Just recreate that scene, oh, that's a and good then idea. have it f-
2: yeah.
4: focus in on the socks. Yeah. Oh, that'd be
1: you got you got some uh, nice director's eye going on there, Shay. I D- like director's
0: that. eye. That's crazy. It. It's like a disease. Um. <laughs> Don't make me whip uh, out the director's eye. <laughs> yeah, no, his mom can film it. He can just be in his underwear, sliding around, uh, and his mom could film it for him. How's that sound?
4: Come on, you Come don't on. gotta call the man out like that.
0: No,
2: oh, I'm just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't
4: gotta call a man out like that.
0: Yeah, well, That's what our moms are for. Moms are great. Come on. Um, but
1: yo, so- video of you in your sassy D <laughs> socks as you slide
0: around the living room.
4: Go get them, Anthony. Hey, Mom, come shoot me in my
0: dick socks. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, we're sponsored by at Sassy D Merch on Instagram or sassydicks.com. So it's the mermaid design they have, the penis mermaid, and they sent you some socks. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Very nice of them. Yeah, very nice, Um, yeah. I told them, I was like, we need to get fish on some of these. Uh, They actually have a special unreleased, uh, I can't mention it, but there's a special uh, thing in the works they have that's related to a big video game that's coming out this month. And I told him to send it to Fish because it's going to uh, fit nicely with him, so to speak. So it's going to be exciting. Mm.
2: <laughs> exciting. Must be a little nice. smaller than the other
0: socks. <laughs> <laughs> Just below ankle sock, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's a no-shot. I like to
1: shoot a size-up sock mm-hmm. and, you know, grow into them.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, He, he prefers his socks to have a
0: reservoir tip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And they couldn't have picked Wait, a better. They, they make those. <laughs> they must listen to time. the podcast because you're the pers- perfect person to send a pair of socks to. Uh, and if you don't know why and you haven't heard the show, then go, <laughs> uh, go back and listen or you know sign up for our uh, Patreon page and uh, patreoncom um, yeah. slash sword chomp and you'll see all sorts of hidden gems there. But yeah, thanks for being here, Fish. Happy to have you. Um, Good to be me here. You on the spot for the you know intro slash ad. And that's cool. So look for an ad coming from Bish soon. Uh, Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. Um, (laughs) uh, So Josh, we had a poll this week about margaritas, and I know you take your alcohol seriously, so Mm. I guess I should throw it to you first. Are you a on-the-rocks guy or a blended margarita guy?
3: I think they're a completely different drink, and it's really just a coincidence that they're called the same thing. Like, as far as the sort of mood you need to be in for either. Um like I'm I'm not against the frozen margarita, but I'm never going to want one of those if I want just like an actual real margarita on the rocks. So, well, yeah, I don't know why you'd mood. want
4: to I don't know why you'd want to drink something and your teeth to hurt. Like I'm just trying to get drunk and my teeth are absolutely in pain right now. You know, I don't understand mm. that, but no, it's it's a good point that you bring up, because, like, even if you buy coffee, like, if you buy a blended coffee, it's a Frappuccino, and if you get, like, it flavored otherwise, it's a latte. So, two totally different drinks. It's actually a really good point.
3: Yeah. No, like, I'm not, I don't really feel strongly one way or the other as far as, you know, like, one is clearly the wrong choice, but, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, mm. I've always thought of them as completely different
0: drinks. No, but I agree with you, Josh. Cause uh, the first time I ever got, this is general mountain time here in Montana. I'm um, actually saving Shay's intro. Cause he's bringing the topic in this week. But um, the first time I ever had a uh, margarita on the rocks, I actually not <laughs> like a Chili's or something. And I don't mm-hmm. think they understood what I wanted. And I actually went to the manager. I was complaining. I was like, they fucked up my margarita. What are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? They
2: uh... didn't, they
0: didn't blend it. Oh I mean, no. They were just like, uh... oh yeah, that's a, that's a thing. I was like, "What? You throw ice cubes in a glass, and that's a fucking drink? Are you kidding me?" So, It was, a thing. It was offensive yeah. you know, uh, on every level. Hmm. That's
1: back before.
0: I mean, they they were throwing
1: ice in drinks, but back before they even had blenders, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that help. Uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for a that little help. history lesson <laughs> for you guys. The more I'm you bringing... know.
2: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs>
0: Uh <laughs> sort of like you know the slushies used to get Skating to the local bowling alley but with alcohol mm-hmm. and more delicious. Everyone did those little puppy yeah, I, I don't I don't
1: I don't like mig- margaritas on the rocks.
0: Yeah, me neither. It's
1: just it, it's weird. It, it's not a margarita to me.
0: There it's, you go, fish. I, I strong
1: opinion. I, I'm, Lay it's down. a hard
3: liquor drink is the 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 difference. Like it's an actual cocktail yeah. with right. hard liquor on yeah. there. It's strong. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy drinking thing. It, you you sip it. Right. Whereas exactly, a margarita, yeah. yeah, is, you know, it's like a slurpee. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty got much more. Yes, it's got more sugar than a Coke, in there. It's yeah. Right, right.
1: Yeah, but I feel like I get more, more bang for my buck asking mm. for a frozen margarita than you know
0: margarita yeah. on the rocks. Mm. But you have to be in the mood for it. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
2: With
0: that. Um, Shay Layton is here from Japan as usual, broadcasting from across the pond. Shay, I know you're going to introduce the topic here in a second, but uh, uh, do you see a lot of margaritas in Japan? Is that a popular drink in Japanese culture?
4: Not at all. Not at all. all. A bunch of sake. And Mm, asahi. Super dry. Which you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but... (laughs) uh... (laughs) Actually,
1: I went to a a sushi buffet today that had Japanese-style sushi, and... They also had As Asashi?
2: Asa- Asahi,
1: Asahi, yeah, Asahi, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, they had there like you. a little mini bar. Anyways, they had a little uh, menu on the table, and I was looking at it. They had sake margaritas.
4: Oh weird!
0: Oh, yeah.
1: where did you? Yeah. Where?
4: Which city were you in?
1: Uh, Fort Worth, Texas.
4: <laughs> oh, you're only oh, okay. Okay, well, I had it today. I think that tells you all now. you need to know.
2: Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. I didn't try one but it looked interesting. Saki made frozen. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to try it. Yeah,
4: no, it it's it's not really a thing here. Like they have a few American bars or uh Western bars that have margaritas, but other than that, no. It's not really a thing. So dude, what was
0: the thing you said? Super dry? The way you said that was cool. Soup what
4: was the super Asahi thing? super dry. Yeah, so it's actually
3: it's in English. Written in Japanese. Is on on the cans. <laughs> dry. In Japan. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they do that, but that's well, actually. They might not have had terms for, yeah, you for do. dry. Well, the same obviously they had a term for dry, but not dry as in for a drink.
4: It doesn't have yeah. the same ring. Like one thing yeah. that is really popular here is using like those certain buzzwords for mm-hmm. um Packaging and advertising. So premium is a yeah. huge word here. And super is a big word here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use those two to pretty much advertise everything. Yeah. Get this super premium dessert. And you're like, okay, what's premium about it?
0: How about we can do a little ret a uh, little red tat here, Shay? Okay. When I point to you, Shay, do that super dry thing. All right. Are you ready? All right. So Fish is going to walk up to the counter and he says, I want my Asahi like I like my ladies.
4: Asahi. <laughs> super dry.
0: <laughs> Just needed the super dry, but I think we got the point across. I think it uh, <laughs> I, I think you we can't might do have do found do the super name, dry without sponsor. the here. Asahi. Oh, it mm-hmm. throws you off if you don't have the Asahi in front? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he needs the dismount. He needs the tee up. Uh, so Shay prepared a little bit of an introduction to the topic this week. Uh, so yeah, what's going on Shay with this whole, uh,
4: the madness of unreleased games
0: in the era that we live in?
4: Yeah. So I get, I want to do a little quick background. So since the inception of video games, they have been evolving at an extremely rapid pace. The first games started out as text style until the world was graced with the Atari when you bought a game on these old machines, you coveted it. Here was an adventure from the minds of fantasy and tech wizards and sorceresses. Like movies, books, or music, there were no edits to the piece of art created. When you bought a game, it was a finalized, finished product. Now, we are in an era where the game that you play at first release will not be the same game six months later, a year later. Games are evolving. And modifiable to become what many will consider a more complete and gratifying experience, while others will be left feeling alienated by the changes. We are in an era where art evolves to better suit the consumer. So, the question I asked you guys a few weeks ago, and now I'm asking again to you guys and the fans, is Is the finished product of a game now wildly different from a game? You know, say twenty to thirty, even forty years ago, and if so, how?
0: Bada boom, bada boom.
4: So I'm going to throw right, that well, first, <clears throat> probably to either you, Morgan, or you, Josh. One of you two can go first, whichever works.
0: Well, I, I'll say this, um, and thank you for that, Shay. I uh, and we can throw all. Yeah, I'll try to help throw it around robin here too for you. I've always my stance, just sh- since this uh, show started, as you guys know, I've always been a fan of just the. Creation itself not really changing too much. Now I know that is controversial. Like most of the times when they update a game, it's for the better as far as critics are going. It's because of listener complaints. You know, I think of it's like Destiny or Diablo 3 with the auction house and stuff like that. Generally speaking, a lot of these games sort of tend to change things that I sort of like about them, which is just sort of, you know, the nature of of the way they are. I always think it's cool to see how a game turns out. You know, if you think about the way we grew up. If something like No Man's Sky, I mean, obviously you could say, oh, it could have been created back in the day, but it just follow me here. If something like No Man's Sky had existed, let's say back on the PlayStation, and there wasn't a lot of hoopla around like what it was supposed to have and not have, it just would have probably been received as a weird, cool thing that people enjoyed on its face value, you know? And um, But it did have this sort of cycle where now a lot more people enjoy it because of all the changes, and those updates were given for free. Um, with Diablo 3, for example, I love the auction house um not not the real money side of it the the other side of it um because me and fish if we found some really cool piece of rare loot we could then take it on to the auction house and there was like this weird e- eBay style like mini game within the other game so and i liked that and everyone complained and they got rid of it and now uh, it's gone forever so i i know it's not a popular opinion but i always have appreciated that the game is just released and it is the way it is and then a couple years later you get a sequel that then takes those ideas and then approves upon those things to make people that were unhappy with it unhappy um so that's my starting point there's I know there's a lot of ways we could fly with this but that's that was that's always been my stance uh what about you Josh
3: um i mean i think for the most part i'm much happier with the current state of things where these game breaking issues can be fixed after the fact if they find them like a lot of games that i love from way back in the day they're great they're still great pieces of art but they have just stuff in them that breaks the game once you learn about it like we were talking about uh, several months ago now someone left a comment about the interactions with reflect in final fantasy 6 how you could you know, reflect instant kill moves off of yourself and instantly kill basically any boss in that game um, just because of a weird, you know, programming quirk uh, with the mm-hmm. way it was made. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can always play without that, but, like, it's just being able to remove that is something we can just do now. Like, okay, we didn't intend for this to be here a- happening the way it is. Let's, let's fix it instead of just living with things the way it is forever. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I'm not strictly against it, but yeah, like you mentioned with your two examples, a lot of times it's not just to, you know, fix issues. A lot of times there are major design changes from one iteration to the next. And you can't really experience things unless you're experiencing them as they happen. Um mm-hmm. and this this yeah. was a big thing for wow for the longest time. Um like the game has changed so drastically from one expansion to the next to the point where it basically resembles vanilla wow almost none at all at this point. Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like it's it would be unrecognizable if you played you know, the original original release, like the year it came out, to now, you know, decades later. Well, not decades, but, you know. In fact, they made
0: a big deal about yeah. re-releasing Classic WoW for people that mm-hmm. want it. It's like they, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's,
3: it's it's interesting just from, like, a history standpoint, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of experiences that you can't go back and have in gaming now. Which I think is kind of sad. Like I feel like we need to really work on archiving, like all the different iterations of the way games are now, Um, just so people can go back and look at them. Um, Or if nothing else, if nothing else, even if we don't have that, like I feel like YouTube is going to be more important from everyone talking about these problems and just documenting them, kind of as a community thing. Um, so we can go back later on. I think and, that'd be a really cool yeah. project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like cause absolutely.
4: Because go ahead.
3: Well, I, was just, I was just saying, like it's we can go back and look at all these old, you know, Atari games up through you know, kind of the PS2 era, um, and see games exactly how the original release was played by everyone at the time. Um, and i think that that sort of knowledge is really important to have for games that are coming out now for people to be able to see okay this is how the game shipped this is kind of the experience people had with it um even if even if they are fixed for consumers after the fact like it would be really cool just to have more documentation kind of in a permanent capacity for people to learn from
4: yeah yeah absolutely i think that would be a really beneficial thing to do because it it's certainly interesting and I, f- I feel like you look at something like i don't know a music uh artist you look at their library and you can kind of document over time through each of their release where they're at at each stage in their career and their lives and what they kind of in- how that influences the art and with a video game nowadays It changes so much and it becomes such a different entity from when it starts out that we don't we don't entirely like it's difficult to remember what a game was and where a game's at now. It's it's Mm -hmm. certainly important that I think games are updated now. There's more moving parts compared to something like the very first Super Mario where, you know, there was It was a lot easier to make a game back then, not saying it's an easy thing to do. It was a lot easier to make a game back then, so there wasn't all these moving parts. Now, when you make a game, it's not just a single player, and how much goes into that, because obviously graphically we've come so far in terms of sound design and sound production, Like all these different facets and aspects of a game have become so much more complex, but then you're adding on to that multiplayer. And you're trying to balance out mm. that multiplayer. So studios have had to essentially become much bigger to kind of compensate for all these things that a game becomes now. Game A game has become so much more broad, I think, of a term. And I think that's a conversation for a different day. But games, the scope of a game has expanded drastically from 30 years ago. So if we don't document that, then I feel like, you know... For what little we can say about there being a culture, or how much we can say, depends on how you look at it, how much of a video game culture and history there is there, to document that I think is really important. And even if, I mean, like, I would never want to put the onus on something like the video game developers to do this, but I think it would be really cool if someone started that trend in video gaming where, you know, a developer documents somehow in some creative way each stage major stage in their game of when they update it you know mm-hmm. the the perfect example is like Hades right now Josh and I were talking about this before the podcast where it's an early access so the game that all of us played when it first released is not the same game it is now and if they if mm-hmm. you know um if they were able to document that jump um from each iteration of the game it would be really cool to see that i think for people who jump into the game later and for people who want to reminisce you know to go back to the original and just remember what that experience was like but i definitely think games have changed um mostly for the better i think uh in this current Era of being able to refine the end product to fix some things. You know, like one mm-hmm. example I think of is in Final Fantasy 8 when you fight. I think it's Abaddon, uh, that giant creature, that undead creature, and it's supposed to be this boss, and it's supposed to be this fairly difficult boss. Mm-hmm. But if you throw a phoenix down at it, it automatically kills it. And that's that's a flaw. And mm-hmm. you know, like if they were able to go back now and fix that to make that boss more difficult, that would be cool. Uh, so I think that where we're at in gaming now is in terms of the endings, I think that's cool. I think that's cool for the most part. And I think, you know, honestly, if we look at something like Mass Effect 3, which had that super controversial ending, if they were to just able to go in and just update it to fix that, to give it a better ending instead of making it DLC, then maybe the complaints wouldn't have been there as much. But, you know, that's that's kind of looking at it... Um, you know like looking at it in hindsight but yeah i think i think we're in a better place in terms of endings
0: what about you fish
1: yeah i kind of agree with that statement shay um i definitely like where we're at right now and it's kind of indicative to the industry as a whole because you know these games are they, they have so much going on with them um when we first started out in the gaming industry we just had you know cartridges and little pixels moving across the screen it wasn't that hard necessarily to code those games and make any errors or bugs or mistakes um granted they're not immune to them but like they were easy to spot back then because uh, these games weren't so as complicated as the games that we have now so um i think as the industry grew and our technology grew like it it was bound to happen to where These games were going to have to have patches. They were going to have to get expansions, um, you know, later on DLC because these companies are wanting to push out these games earlier than they're ready for or whatever whatever is going on with, you know, these developers and these publishers um, nowadays. But, um, yeah, like, I, I do miss the days where I could just buy a video game and that was it. I don't have to be connected to the internet or anything, I can enjoy this one piece of gaming, and you know, whether I like it or not, you know, or if I beat it or not, like, I can enjoy it for what it is and not have to worry that, um, oh, this was broken in it, and this was not, because you, you wouldn't know unless somebody actually pointed out in patch notes saying, mm-hmm. oh, we fixed this, the fire damage was too much on this boss, and it was really wreaking havoc on the player and was far more difficult than what we wanted it to turn out so um i think that having patches eventually makes the gaming experience better for people but um in a way like being able to patch your own game after you release it is kind of like a a convenience for developers and the gamers as well and and it's also like a lot of times it's very beneficial to the game and the community surrounding that game. So um I do like where we're at at it, but like I said I do miss those days where I could just stick a cartridge into my Super NES and just play a fucking video game and not have to worry about bugs or anything like that because uh honestly like it, it's it's weird like uh, I didn't play that many games back in the day, but the games that I did play like they felt like polished fucking pieces of video games that I just you don't see you don't seem to get those nowadays like from the games that we get you know it seems like they're always coming out with patches and in a lot of times like you'll go through the patch notes and you're like oh what weird like they had to address this or there was clipping issues here and it's stuff that you didn't see and you you would still think that game's a pretty polished game but like they they they're still players out there finding those bugs so
4: I think um I think that's kind of like the negative aspect of having this ability and I think that's a good I think it's good that you touched on that is mm-hmm. because we have so much more ability to be vocal about our complaints and our concerns instead of talking about it in our social circles like dude I love this game but this one part was just absolutely rough or absolutely terrible instead of doing that in your social circles now you go to Reddit You go to social media, you go to these guys' websites, these guys' forums, and you complain about it. And if enough people lodge a complaint, whether or not it's, you know, completely founded, they have to take it into consideration. Because that's kind of where gaming has gone, is if you want to be successful, you have to listen to your fans much more. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. But yeah. On the flip side customers. of that, um, I mean, if someone's complaining about, like you're saying, a clipping issue in a game, and it's something that you never saw, or and maybe any of us on the podcast ever saw, but you know, there's 30 people around the world that saw it, and the developer feels like it's it warrants an update, then they're going to update it, and yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think that's good, but I think there are going to be times where that isn't great, you know, the, one of the examples it, I can think of is... And we can talk about this later. Um, War War Groove just got an update, and it got a lot of really good things for the update. But one thing they did is they also kind of lowered the difficulty on it, making the game a little bit easier. And for me, I felt like the difficulty, you know, sans one or two levels was perfect. They they
3: they didn't. They added presets. And to I read it.
4: that they lowered the difficulty.
3: No, they added. It's. The patch notes on there were weird. They've always had difficulty sliders on there. You could go in and tweak, like, I want the to have more income per turn, I want to do more damage, or want things to charge more. Okay. Um, okay. So maybe that's a bad But example, What they did then. was, well, well, no, they uh, they locked off achievements unless you were playing with, like, the the settings, what they were initially hmm. set to. Instead of like cranking it okay. all the way down and like running through all the achievements, um, but they also put presets in there so you can get some of the stuff on the lower difficulty levels. Okay. It's it's okay. weird. It's like it's they already had the sliders in there, but like they added presets. So like okay, with these settings it's easy. These settings it's normal. And they made the def. The the weird thing is the normal is is easier than what the game was. Because um, the game was on hard, essentially is what they're calling the original difficulty level. Um, but you also can't unlock everything unless you're playing on hard. So,
4: okay, okay. So yeah, maybe it's, that's it's, not the perfect weird. example. Yeah, it was. It was another example way I can think of. Is, it. it Yeah, that is strange, but it's kind of cool in a way. Uh, I, another example I can think of off the top of my head then would be Hyperlight Drifter when they nerfed that game to make it a little bit easier to run through that game. Um, you know, I thought the difficulty was perfect when we first played it. It's Uh since been updated and they've made the game easier. You know, you look at those type of updates and you think, you know, why is this, why is this update necessary? But apparently, you know, there are enough fans out there, enough people out there who think it's necessary. And as such, the developer responds to that. And I think it's kind of. I, for the most part, yeah. I think it's good. But like Fish is saying, I think there are times where it's not favorable. And, you know, I yeah. I agree with you to some extent, Fish. I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot this week as I've been thinking about this topic. I really miss the days. And this is nostalgia, 90% nostalgia, 10%, I think, functional. I miss the days where you could walk into a store like a GameStop or a Hastings or any other video game store, look at the games on the shelf and be like, Oh, I want to try this one, or oh, I want to buy this one, or oh, I want to rent this one. And you take it off the shelf and it's a complete product. And I get I get it now. Like that the where gaming's at now dictates what where the market has gone and that the market will never be where we remember it ever again. It, it will never be you walk into a store, you buy a game, you don't connect online. You play it what it is and then you're done. The the market will never be there again. It sucks because like we remember it one way and it is what it is. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Fish. I do to some degree miss doing that. Just walking into a store, buying a game, walking out, putting it in your system, no update, no online connection, and just playing. I do miss that.
2: Well, mm-hmm.
0: but if you look at look at it like this though too, um a lot of the games that have meant the most to us over the past couple of years, were games that were pretty much done, you know? I I loved Red Dead. I know you love God of War, Cuphead. When I think of a lot of our favorite games, a lot of those games, at least from a single-player content perspective, were finished products, you know? And minor things here and there, if anything you mm-hmm. even want to go back to. So I think that if the game is, if the quality of the game speaks for itself, and I think there's still enough games like that, then those games will stand out. And um, I think... The dangerous part is that we live in an era where when people don't like something, they just immediately assume, sometimes, unfairly, that it's just not done. And I see that a lot, where people just go, I don't like this. I don't like Sea There's not enough content. It's not done. Well, I mean, maybe you just don't like what's there. Every, every game since the dawn of time has had some sort, more than likely, of a publisher breathing down their neck saying, this game has to be done at a certain point. You know, that's always been there. It's just now we live in the era where somebody gets a game, and they're like, well, I only got 20 hours of gameplay. They didn't have time to finish it. They didn't update this. And and that's yeah. not completely wrong. What I'm saying is, those constraints have been around since the beginning, man. There's always been people given publishers dates, this game has to ship here, we're going to do this, to crunch it. It's just, nope, back in the day, there wasn't news, there wasn't social media following every angle of it. There wasn't on the online, the, just the fact that these games connect to the internet fucking changed everything. So... There's so many factors there, but when I look at the games that are shipped the most complete, those seem to be the games that I think, Into the Breach, I can't think of that game even updating at all. It probably has, but I I don't remember anything really being done to it meaningful. So a lot of the games that have meant the most to us seem to be the ones that are the most um, realized in their vision. I think that's what it comes down to. They had a vision, and they completed it as much as they could within the time frames yeah well Mm -hmm. i mean
3: that was kind of what my original point was about like they've still a lot of those experiences like you're saying they've still been patched it's stability stuff it's optimization it's to make sure the game runs the way it's supposed to the way they meant to have it run on like as many systems as possible when it shipped um and and that sort of thing is good it's, it's good to be able to fix any little problems that just, you know, oh, I, we missed this one edge case where something, you know, like you can just break the game this way. Um, we'll talk about Ape out a little bit more in a bit, but that game's pretty much a finished product, came out immediately, and has already had a patch because there were some wonky physics things with the way you could grab items that would let you, like, grab things, and it would think you're grabbing it from the other side, so you could, like, teleport through doors and stuff. Obviously it wasn't meant to be there. It (laughs) wasn't a major change that they went in and fixed it. But, like, that sort of thing would have just been in there permanently. Oh, make sure you don't grab something from this weird angle or you're kind of teleport through a door and get stuck. Like that used to just be how we had to deal with playing some of these old games if they had a weird problem like that in it.
2: Yeah. hmm
0: So Yeah. That's tricky. That's tricky. And yeah, I, I I don't think any of us think that games are somehow worse now because of this. <laughs> it's just there's just a weird oh, no. level of like like Shay was saying, if we could go back and like chronicle and like um document some of these games the way they were, there's no way I can play Diablo with the auction house if I want. It's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It is physically yeah that just impossible. does not exist yeah it it's gone it it's been erased from it no I will say it's kind of funny when when I bought my daughter um No Man's Sky on the PlayStation Four so she could play creative mode well before I when I because it was a physical disc before mm-hmm. I booted it up I didn't install any of the patches and updates and I just for about two hours just played OG No Man's Sky the one everyone hated and I mm-hmm. you know what it was it was a blast from the past man it was yeah. trippy as hell. I still Um, think
3: that's the best version, Like, like, because it had basically none of the survival elements in there. It was just pure exploration, basically. Like, You had almost nothing you could collect or fight in the game at that point. You just mm -hmm. just explored, and I just really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, and and maybe for people like us, Josh, you might have enjoyed it a lot, but there are other people like Shay who really enjoyed the multiplayer aspect. So I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I'm not happy it brought more people in. I just think it's cool that there's still a way for me to do that, But with as we move more to digital, especially for myself, I buy a lot more digital now to share games with you guys and stuff. Um, Those little workarounds are becoming less and less. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just things that are getting completely erased. Like that tomb section in Anthem might soon be completely gone, which we'll talk about later. Who knows? So it's interesting. It's just interesting because it's going to be erased from forever, and if you don't have a way of getting around those... A lot of, a lot of these games, when you connect to the internet, like if you have it digitally, I assume it just immediately starts updating all the patches, right? There's no way to really play that thing without mm-hmm. all the updates, right? So, yeah. it's weird. It, it's, it's a changeover, and um, it's, it's only a bummer in the respect, not because I think the games get better or worse, necessarily, but you don't have the option sometimes to play it the way it originally was. I think if we could just always keep the option. The option to play it OG, the original, that'd be cool, you know? In as many cases as you can, obviously with the Diablo auction house thing, it's connected to the internet. There's no way you can keep that around. It, it doesn't make sense. They made a creative decision to get rid of it. And I only harp on that because it was a, a big part of my life where they basically just erased something from a game that I thought was really interesting. Like me and Fish would mm-hmm. wake up every morning with our bowls of cereal and be like, oh, I wonder if that legendary thing I had sold. Oh my God. Remember that Fish would be like, I got 20, 20 million gold. I'm going to go buy something now. You know, it mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was but exciting.
3: It yeah. was interesting. I like, I, like I've always loved the auction house on WoW as well because you can do similar sort of things but Mm -hmm. they basically locked out any of the end end game loot from the auction house Mm. before like all that stuff would bind when you picked it up uh, in order to stop you from just auctioning off the best gear and whereas Diablo whenever Diablo 3 came out originally you could just auction it off if it was just oh gear for a different class i'm not going to use this you could you could sell somebody the best gear in the game which i understand from like an experience perspective probably isn't the best way to get that so like it makes sense that they got rid of it but it's it was it was completely unique it was it was it was its own thing that yeah kind of gave enjoyment you still
0: had to Mm -hmm. They had to bust their ass to get enough money to buy that shit from you. So they still had to work for it. It wasn't like you know what I mean? So
3: Well, but they could have gotten it by playing the auction house the way you were. So you could you could get the best gear by not Mm -hmm. ever playing, you know, the actual combat, which was strange. Like if if you played the auction house well
0: enough. To start the loop, you have to play you have to find something cool. Like, oh my god, look at this rare staff. I don't play characters well but then you have to take you know what I mean? So you wouldn't Not even
3: though, that's the thing. Like Cause even in WoW, like it's I've done this on basically every new character that I've started. Um There's low level crap out there that is completely worthless, but that somebody doesn't want to spend the time to have found, and you didn't even want to spend the time to have found, but you accidentally grabbed it on your way through. You can sell that on the auction house for well way more than it's worth, buy other crap that people don't want to get, and you can you can just roll it over again and again mm-hmm. and you could do the same sort of thing in diablo yeah and end up i guess you know, it was just the cool idea yeah. it
0: was the first game i ever saw that had an economy based off of in-game products run by the the players and that was such a revolutionary thing and and now whether you like it or hate it i think it's so i guess i paint this image for you guys literally like if an artist creates a, a picture they don't they don't have a they don't have a let's say they have a viewing gallery everyone comes in with their glasses of wine and they look at the picture and then some, all the critics are like, oh, just look at that part. This a, totally ruined it. And then the artist takes the painting back to his fucking lab or whatever and fucking changes it. It doesn't happen, right? Like the art exists with its criticisms, with its flaws or whatever. And video games are not like that. And that's why it's such an interesting thing.
1: Hmm. To, to counteract that uh, statement <laughs> though, How dare you. I will say, uh, playing through like original World of Warcraft. As the patches came out, like, it felt like a new game to me, like, reading these patch notes and everything, like, the changes mm-hmm. that they would be, put to the game, that would be, that That was, that almost, like, reinvigorated me in that game, because, you know, it's such a long, grindy type of game, like, you play it every day, and, or at least I was playing it every day, and, like, getting those patch notes, like, it almost yeah. felt like a brand new experience, and... That's um, valid,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's no. a good point. It makes it can make old things fresh again for, like, mm-hmm. you know, they made No Man's Sky fresh to me. I might not like it more or less. Right. I I don't want to get into that. It's not about that. But the point is, they made it fresh again. And mm-hmm. you know, well, we all yes. saw, video games are unique in that way. I and mean, look what happened when George Lucas messed with Star Wars, and all the fans freaked out. You know, he added he added shit to the movie, mm-hmm. and all. The, I didn't care because whatever. I I don't have. That's not something I would get upset about. But there's not a lot of other creative mediums where the artist can change things. Like when movies come out. People they you know you can get extended versions but you don't see well the critics really hated this scene let's just change it for the re-release you know what I mean like that's just video games are very unique that happens and, all the time well they can extend it but the original version will always be the original version um, you say director's cuts is that what you're talking about like director's cuts well not cuts? even
3: just that like basically they'll release it with an ending whatever that may be Depending how the first audience reacts, they can completely change the ending. Sometimes, even after that, they'll change the ending by the time they release it to you know out of the theaters. Like you'll you'll end up with like eight different versions of the same movie. A lot of times.
0: Um, well, test audiences, yeah. I don't well, I've I've test never seen audiences, movie theater, but I mean,
3: for example, there are like three different versions of Beauty and the Beast. Not not like counting the like the the live action, but I mean, like the original animated version, there are like three different versions that mm-hmm. all shipped to different places with different editing, different you know songs, different length of a movie. Um, there are I think three or four versions of Blade Runner um because different audiences reacted differently. Um, one of the versions, which is horrible, has this just shitty VO by Harrison Ford explaining what you're looking at through like the intro world building scenes, mm-hmm. which is just terrible. But some of the audiences felt confused. Oh no, what's going on? There's a Coke ad. I read about that. Yeah, and yeah. because of that, the studio made them release this separate version with. Terrible VO over everything, um and like it's it's not a unique problem. It is super prevalent in games, though. Like it's it's yeah, an expected say, are, thing.
0: Yeah, it does happen. I agree with you. I'm just saying it's more of an outlier than and, and now where games, it just seems like it's happening all the time. But mm-hmm. do you do you guys feel like that's the nature of having? Uh, we're going to see this more with like games as a service and. Like, you don't see it as often with story-driven narrative games, right? It's mostly the the Destinies, the Anthems, the multiplayer games like EA, where they have some horrible loot box system that everyone... It's mostly the games that are inherently connected online, right? I think the
3: big, big changes, yes. But, like, pretty much everything gets patched at this point, though. Like, it's, it's... Like, nothing doesn't have some sort of patch anymore. Um... But like as far as like going in and drastically changing, you know, design philosophy on certain things, I feel like that's really mm-hmm. more of, you know, like an online game sort of a thing. Um any yeah. anything that's got a, you know, persistent world that you're going back through, uh, you know, over and over again.
4: Yeah. I think really with I, I know you guys have already kind of touched on this and I'm pretty much repeating what you guys have already said. Any game that has a multiplayer is going to have updates. It's never going to be a finished product. Um it'll constantly evolve. And that's mm-hmm. just that is what it is. And I think that's how it needs to be to keep the balance there, to keep the competitiveness there. I think uh-huh. it the end product needs to constantly change. Um as yeah. as far as something like a single player goes, even if um even if it has a multiplayer aspect to it, unless something is drastically drastically needed i'm in favor of not changing it like mm-hmm. I, I think you look at something like the the one of the prime examples for me is elder scrolls oblivion where they did they did patch it a few times cuz there were a couple like duplicating cheats in there that you could do to just make an infinite number of whatever you wanted and it was it was kind of a game breaking glitch in a way because you could basically circumvent having to save up money to buy things and just duplicate really expensive items and Mm -hmm. get whatever you want and they kept trying to patch that and patch that and eventually they realized it was just it was just a glitch in the system and there was no way they were going to fix it and i'm glad they didn't because part of the charm of that game was duplicating an ass load of stuff, you know, like you could duplicate, you could go to a town, just duplicate a million heads of lettuce. And then you make it the lettuce town, you know, just, I, I, I did shit like that, you know? And yeah. that was part of the charm of the game is like, you use those kind of glitches to make the game more interesting or fun. You accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, and I think with single player games, they just need to do that. just, Unless there's an absolute game-breaking glitch, you know, like a few a few years back I talked about Fable, the anniversary remake for the 360 and how there was a game-breaking glitch in there. Sure, absolutely, please update and fix those type of things where you uh-huh. can't complete a game because there's a glitch. But other than that, just leave it, you know? I, I mean, if if it's going to make the game easier for some people, fuck it. You yeah. know, like to be honest with you, fuck it.
3: They get a Just good story what? to tell somebody about it later on. Like
4: Right. And the yeah. thi- and the thing is, if they want to get better at that game, they're going to practice. And if it's too hard for them, tough shit. Yeah. You know that that is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not your game. Go play a different mm-hmm.
0: game. Think about it back in the day, man. They would have taken out like the rare candy trick in Pokemon. You remember that? That would have probably been patched out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there was no Talk way to
3: back then cuz that was Well, that's what a, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That was a you side effect. Have. This is this is something History a lesson here. Random numbers are extremely hard to do computationally. Almost nothing that says it's random in a game is actually random. Uh, it's working off some sort of seed that is not random, but is close enough or feels close enough to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On older games like that, there was nothing remotely close to random. So a mm-hmm. lot of times. Right you were generating the random number yourself like it was based off of the last however many button presses that you did which is how you ended up with item duplication things where if you walked here did this opened a certain door you know moved something around in your item menu you could you could cause you you could basically you were rewriting the data that it was using to generate random numbers is what you were doing huh. in the game um which is how you end up in, in in space in the game's memory that you're not supposed to be in. Um, this is you, you can this is a big thing in speedrunning the original Zelda. Um, because I don't know if you've noticed, but like things will randomly drop hearts or rupees as you go through, or bombs or arrows or something. That's mm-hmm. also based off of a random number based off of your previous button presses, and you can get the memory to force things to drop items Mm -hmm. like boss items stuff from later on in the game they'll just drop it and like all of a sudden you can get you know like you can it's and that sort of thing just because of the limitations at the time it's not like they could go through and patch it out like in order to not have that in there you'd have to recode the game from scratch with a completely different system to handle you know any of the randomness um
0: interesting i never that's thought really interesting. Like that i didn't know that true yeah well that's yeah. probably a bad example then but uh i guess is i think we all agree that narrative stuff we mm-hmm. would prefer ch- stay the same and yeah. then people just kind of suck it up for the the inte- the artistic integrity of yeah of the, for the most part for the most part it's not part, game breaking yeah. Not game break. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh it's I
4: like think I, it's like imagine people going up to beethoven and asking them you know s- saying please can you restructure thunderstruck i'm you know that song just needs to be revamped
2: Hmm. and you go
4: would roll in his grave well yeah yeah
0: well i you're i mean you're right to a degree that's what we're just joking about the painting thing is now i feel like video game creators are making games kind of scared and depending on the kind of game they're making like i believe that People at Rockstar making Red Dead and, like, Cory Barlog making God of War. I believe those people are like, this is the game we're making and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, this is the way it's going to be. I believe there mm-hmm. are enough people out there that are still, they have conviction in what they're doing. But it is interesting yeah. that you see so much of this, you know, safe and and games where they're like, well, you know, we'll just keep... I, I think the, the, the heart of this question started from the idea of we're seeing a lot of games released now where the developer has an idea and they get it to a good place and they say okay let's give this idea to the people let's see what they like and we don't like and we'll just go with it and that seems to be the nature of a lot of games now which is here's our idea we've worked on for a couple of years have at it what do you like what do you don't like you know what i mean it's like it's like a beta test after it launches in some way
4: yeah i see what you're saying so they kind of like get a, like a basic template of a game like it's very it's very not i don't want to say sterile or even generic it's just kind of like a very tepid baseline i uh iteration of their grandiose idea and they say what what could be better what could be worse and they kind of temper and change that gameplay um over time to kind of a vision of what they ultimately had and that coincides with the fans so you look at something like No Man's Sky where i think i think what ended up happening was you know either they released it too soon or they had these grandiose ideas but they weren't, they had to kind of play it safe. They played it safe, you know, pissed off some people. And then they listened to the fans and they kind of started implementing things into that game that they ultimately wanted there in the first place, but also coincided with the fans. Is that kind of like what you're talking about, essentially? Am I understanding that?
0: Yes, yeah. That example, I'm trying to tinge gently there, but yes, Yeah. yes. The idea is just, this is our core idea. And we're gonna let it grow based off of the consumers once it's released. Um Okay. I it's like, you know, yeah. they give you the seed and the listeners will sort of plant it out. Um and that's I guess that's okay. But I, it it's sort or of Or she changes. dumps the
4: seed in the toilet.
0: <laughs> it just sort of changes how you view purchasing a game it now. Ruins like, I feel your like septic a people... system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fish's septic system has a whole bunch of seed in it, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> better, better be Fish, Fish isn't jungle. even here to defend <laughs> himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll be back soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, it's yeah, interesting because um, they're letting it dictate it that way. And that's fine, but basically I see a lot of people now saying, well, I'm going to wait until this game changes before I buy it. So you're seeing a lot of consumers that are sort of cautious and, and maybe not buying things right off the bat. So there's this sort of mentality that I think a lot of gamers have now when they go into these games that it's going to be changing and they're buying a product that will be evolving. And that's weird. That's that's a mentality that has is very different from how we used to buy games. So Absolutely. That's, yeah.
4: mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's like because they've and I'm not faulting them for this because being a game developer has to be one of the most difficult most rewarding and most difficult jobs mentally. Um I shouldn't say the most. Like there are plenty more jobs that are mentally difficult, but like it's got to be taxing for sure. Because you think about it, like we're saying, like when you bought a game, it, it is what it is, and like it wasn't that uh, they they weren't listening to fans, but they didn't let fans dictate as much the art. Like yes. the art you received is the art you got. You accepted it, you enjoyed it, or you moved on. But nowadays. Like, fans have been given so much, like, they've been given so much of a voice now that they can walk into a game, even if it's a game they normally wouldn't like, and they could just be like, I don't like this aspect of the game. This needs to change. And if they have enough of a pull on social media, or they get enough of a, ca- like, uh, they- their cause gets enough people behind them, the developers take note. Because the consumers have been given much more of a voice. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. So any listener who thinks, ah, that's stupid, the fans should be given voice. I agree to a point. To a point they should be given. I agree. Um, Because then if they're given too much of a voice, I think to me that compromises the art someone else is creating. The point of art is for one or a group of people to create it and you analyze it and you look at it and you either enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. You say, I understand what this person is trying to say with this art. Or you say, I don't get it. And you'll walk away from it. And that's what it is. Yes. There's a gray area in there. It isn't a black and white issue. And I totally get that. But I just think with a lot of the, the, the positives that come with being able to have a greater voice, in terms of your games, there comes the negatives. And I think right now, we, we're we experiencing those negatives, and we're trying to figure out, not just much us more as the developers, are trying to figure out how to keep the fans happy, how to keep them coming back and spending money, you know, so they can continue to be a developer and make games we love, while also not compromising their artistic integrity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah it's interesting it's it's a really interesting time to be playing video games that's for sure Uh, interactive entertainment
2: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Just something to think about i don't think there's no right or wrong answer it's not one of those kind of things we all have opinions on it but generally it's just sort of our analysis of the state that we're in and um sort of coming to grips with it because that's where we're at you know yeah i just i just think it's really easy to If you don't like a game, it just seems like it's really easy now on the internet to just complain that it's not done, and I think sometimes you have to understand that it's as done as they wanted it to be before they released it, and then they're waiting for that feedback. So that's just My theory.
4: I hope. I hope in the future, and I know this is optimistic and like I, I know utopian isn't the right word, but I can't think of a better word or even the more the more correct word like this utopian view of like. I hope that every fan who complains or every person who doesn't like a game that complains has a constructive piece of criticism. I, and I, I sincerely hope that going forward, you know, like instead of, because I'm guilty of this, absolutely, like looking at a game and saying oh, that's shit. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I wish there would be more constructive criticism so, you know, the developers can create a better end game experience or an experience in general being like I didn't like this game because I thought that this particular thing was whatever the case, you know, like I think that this game is great, but the sound design is really, really difficult to listen to for hours and hours and hours. I think it's just very disjoining. I didn't enjoy it for that reason. And if enough people legitimately have a legitimate complaint with that, then the developers can take a look at it. Whereas it's like someone saying this game's too hard. Well, games are supposed to be hard game. You don't walk into a game and you should it should be a walk in the park. That's a participation trophy, you know. And I don't want to keep harping harping on that, but that's just the example that keeps coming to mind. I just I hope there's more constructive criticism out there instead of just bitching and complaining until things get changed, you know. Um, and, and that's the same with anything. Like you look you look at anything, and that's that's a blanketed statement. So I just mm-hmm. hope that that ideology kind of finds its way in gaming and gaming fans. And I'll leave. all that's that's my final comment on this topic. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. It's interesting to think about, and I hope you, as a listener, have also enjoyed this. That uh, there's some aspect of this that maybe you think we didn't cover. You know, shoot me a DM on the at Swordchomp Instagram, or send us an email to Swordchomp at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it maybe on the show. Um, Fish, glad you're back. I know you had a little bit of a Skype scare there. Uh, internet scare. Uh, you're, Skype you're, scare. You're back just in time so I I'll, I will cram this in real quickly cuz um like 77% of our audience did say that that tomb section in uh, Anthem was awful and I thought it fit this discussion pretty well and we were we were debating it pretty intensely this week. Um and I think that fits really well cuz that's something that they've sort of been adjusting it and tinkering over time, and I know people like Josh who was telling me that when he got to that section, that so basically there's a point in Anthem where you have to go through sort of like a checklist of uh, goals to continue the campaign, and um, people seem to be approaching that section with very or coming away from that section with varying degrees of experiences. Um, Josh and Fish said that when they got there, they had most of the uh, stuff done, correct? Like you had most of the yeah check requirements needed um i w- and and when i did i was about two hours away from finishing it and i was really frustrated so um that was one of the most strangely perplexing things i've seen in game design but again kind of the nature of this sort of game that that we talked about these games as a service thing um god damn it fish keeps leaving us stop leaving us <laughs> he just <laughs> he just texted us omg in, in frustration and desperation mm. um i was going to say josh weirdly enough when i got the um the storm mech. Uh, fuck. Am I forgetting the name? Is it just called the storm javelin?
3: Uh, the storm. Yes.
0: Uh, I didn't have any problems at all. I mean, I'm not saying it was super fast, but I didn't have any problems at all getting the combos. Um, yeah. that we were joking about. Well, you start off,
3: the- like the the initial equipment on the storm allows you to combo, just by using those two abilities together. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas some of the others you they don't, so you have to learn how the combat works. If you pick the storm, you'll accidentally get the combos done. Which you still yeah, manage exactly. to like you were sending me pictures whenever you got to that section. You still managed to accidentally halfway finish the combos yeah, that you needed halfway. to get done.
0: Um, but if I'd stayed with that ranger, oh mm-hmm. god. It would have it might you have been. You would have had, had to
3: learn what you were doing.
0: <laughs> no, not I don't want to learn it that much. <laughs> I went into the, the menu and it was said something about elemental, but it was confusing. And I'm like digging around. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Uh, but whenever I switched to the store mech, it was a lot easier. Which again, just makes the whole thing that much more perplexing. I'm sure somewhere at Bioware is thinking, man, maybe we should have lessened the checklist a little bit, or I, I don't know. Maybe they were panicking because they thought the game was going to come to a completion. I don't. So I just finished that. I did one story mission after that, and I did a, I actually did my first stronghold. Where oh, right. I fought this giant spider is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, am I? Did you finish the campaign already, Josh?
3: Yeah, uh, the campaign is actually. I kind of like this about the game. It's it's short. Um, the campaign is fairly short, um, but it feels like the campaign is kind of its own self-contained story within this world. Like there's a ton of world building that doesn't really go to the story that's actually going on. Like there's just kind of a political intrigue story which is the basis for the campaign of the game um and they give you a lot of other world building besides that to just kind of get you grounded in the world and also set up new threads for places they want to go with the continuing story since it's you know it's a loot game they're gonna have patches and new stuff to do just like destiny did just like kind of diablo did although it looks like they're gonna have like instead of big narrative patches like Diablo did, it looks like they're going to have, you know, like, smaller chunks, um, just from what they've what they've teased so far. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, f- I finished that main story, and then after that, kind of like post-credits, they give you this, you know, like, little teaser of what the new thread is going to be going forward. But that's not out yet, as far as I... As far as I know, um, they're just kind of yeah. like, you know like what the what the new bad guy is, just the th- the threat on the horizon. Um, okay.
0: So I really do like that that storm that Dominion Tech mech or Javelin is mm-hmm. definitely my favorite. I, you can start the game with that, right? I should have just started the game with that thing. I don't. Yeah, you can. I, I, I would
3: well, like you go through a tutorial section of like a mission or two before you get to pick which one you want to start with. And then you unlock mm-hmm. a new javelin every couple levels. Um, I, sh- I
0: should have yeah. done the fucking storm. I I would tell anyone who's thinking about playing that game to start with the storm because starting with the ranger was a a massive mistake. I think, um, for me, as far as like my general, I mean, it was I was enjoying the game just fine, but just for that section and just in general, I think the storm is just a lot cooler visually, just more interesting. It just it has a nice feel to it. So, but you know, it's, it's got I sharper
3: think that, edges. Like he, yeah, the storm does way more AoE damage just blows stuff up. Um,
2: yeah. Pretty fun. Whereas, to use yeah, the, the Rangers basically bubbles. is kind of all
3: rounded yeah. thing. Like it doesn't do anything extremely well, it just kind of does everything passably.
0: So I, I think for me, and just the last thing I'll say on it was just that I think the reason that section was so heartbreaking was just I had heard so much about it and then you told me it wasn't that big of a deal and I was really enjoying the game. And I was just kind of like, I was just hoping it wasn't going to happen to me. You know, it was like, everyone mm-hmm. in your family gets sick and you hope you don't get sick. I was just like, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm just have, enjoying this game, I'm having a good time. And then I got there and I got fucked. I was like, God damn it. I'm one of the people now. <laughs>
2: ah! um, uh
3: uh-huh. And I, like, from a, should you have a huge checklist of items to do all at once thing? No, you shouldn't. But again, I kind of stand by the whole. of it should be done by the time you get there thing. Like, it was... The complaint is not so much that that section is there, is that they don't teach you some of the mechanics you need to know to make sure that you've got most of it done before you get there. Like, the combo thing. There's nothing in the game that explains that to you in a tutorial sense. It's all in the menus. You have to read item descriptions, ability descriptions, and you can figure it out once you read all that stuff. You just have to... You know, only well, like collectibles, like the stuff, do they even have so. any
0: value? Or are they just like lore or something? Because I picked they're, them up. They're lore
3: stuff. It's it's all world building, um, for just yeah. the collectibles. That's a,
0: so. I think most people when they play these games, unless they're p- into picking up everything, I'm not one of those kind of people. Well, but you know, they
3: asked you to pick up ten, like, and I I still I still can't believe you hadn't picked up any by the time you get to that point. Zero, zero. They, just, I hadn't... they glow like they're they're larger than the player character, and they glow from across the map, and somehow you'd manage to not
0: see one of them and go, "Wow, oh, what's I, this? I don't know if i I don't know if I didn't see them, or they just didn't look yeah that important. I thought it was like if anything, I might have thought it was like an optional thing, I think they have like a weird icon, like a little magnify I don't know I have to remember they have like a different icon I think on them, and I might have thought it was like some sort of weird optional thing, yeah, it's, it's just weird. like a
3: magnifying glass or a book
0: or something yeah, like that. yeah yeah. But and I was just like, oh, this is probably just extra nonsense. And I wasn't into the extra nonsense, apparently. And I should have been. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. I'm still trucking away at it, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, we can't get Fish's opinion on that because he's currently dead. So yeah. this should be a great time for you guys to talk about War Groove Because Fish is not going to have anything to say about Wargroove. Um, mm-hmm. And neither do I, but I know some of our listeners and people out there might be at least curious about it. Uh, may not be Morgan's Cup of Tea, but I know you guys have been enjoying it quite a bit, and we haven't really gotten a chance to delve into it uh, since you guys really have been playing a lot of War group I and mean, we barely touched on it. I think when Rich was here, we touched on it a little bit, actually, too. Um, but I think you guys can put in a, what is it, an addendum, or a, put a, put a, <laughs> uh, something on the end of that sentence. Mm. A period. That war groove sentence. Yeah. no, well, or if that's what it is. Is it an exclamation mark? Is it a period? Is it a question mark? What is it, Josh? Mm. What is
4: the war groove? Mm. <laughs> okay. It's an ellipses. Okay. <laughs> or it's an ellipsis, emoji. rather.
0: Mm. That's how I do it. I am mean, my sense of terrible emojis. Yeah. Uh so yeah, war groove. I'll give you guys the floor. It's I know Shade Squall the
4: punctuation. Jason <laughs> <laughs> playing the yeah. war
0: groove all the
4: time. Yeah, no, I'll go in on it. Um, yeah, so I I was able to finish Wargroove finally. Uh, I was kind of cramming it at the end of last week to talk about in the podcast, and we didn't really have time. I ended up completing the game, and I, I've, I'm still obsessed with the game now. I still love it. Um, I put it away for a little while. It's been really hard. Every day I've wanted to play it, but I put it away to play some other games. And... I think it's a phenomenal game. I, I can, I knew Morgan, I knew why you weren't going to like it. And that makes sense. But to me, it's the, per- it's, it's a game that's perfectly tailored to me. I was the fan base they were looking for in that game. And I'm <laughs> glad that I played it because it's a great game. What I love about the game is each level. It feels like, or each, you know, like actor chapter, it has like a different, kind of gameplay and i love it it kind of it reminds me a little bit of like plants vs. zombies where as you completed each section they added more elements into the into the game and um like with plants vs. zombies you have just like the typical garden and then you start getting like the little water trench ways and eventually you go on the roof and do that stuff and you do some of that Mm -hmm. and it's it's a little bit like that. I it's it's not a great one to one comparison. But with War Groove, you know, you start out and you just have your land troops. And then eventually you you get your sky units and then you get the water units and the land like the the world or the uh the play area kind of evolves. And I love that about this game. I love that it's constantly evolving and it's causing you to win with many different kinds of strategies. My favorite favorite level by far Bar none in this game. And this is a minor spoiler for anyone who hasn't finished the game. Josh, I know you finished the game, right, before I go into this? Mm-hmm. At least. Okay. Is the last level. I absolutely love the last level. It's I think it was one of the best <laughs> one of the best levels ever done in um in this this style of game. It's basically you have a com- a different commander you control for various levels throughout the game, and they weave into the story. But the last level, you are fighting using only your commanders. And, on top of that, the final boss can use one of your commanders every two turns to do an action. So you're not only fighting this gargantuan wave, like the biggest amount of enemies you've ever fought. On top of that, you have to account for each one of your commanders getting a turn to attack you every two turns. So, you have to do this really interesting strategy of somehow m- memorizing the pattern, um, moving your comm- commander far enough away to where it can't attack you, yet still close enough to be in the battle, and move all your other units tact, tact- tactfully, that's the word I was looking for, <laughs> tactfully, to attack the enemies and not be overrun. And... It was such a unique uh, setup I had never experienced before in another game. So I found that level to be particularly enjoyable. I don't know how you felt about it, Josh, but I loved it.
3: Um, I ran into another one of these issues that we've talked about, and I don't see them patching it because I don't think they'll ever notice it. Um, but it's another thing that needs to be fixed. Um, that whole mechanic of controlling one of your characters every other turn Um, is really cool because you can use it as a double-edged sword because as soon as it goes to the enemy's turn well they're on their team now whoever they're controlling well they can't attack that person Um, so you can use them to block chokes and to get way more aggressive than you normally could because you know they can't be attacked once the turn switches which is really cool, like just from like a like a strategy standpoint, just being able to think through how that's all going to work. However, when you get to the final phase of that mission, of that level, um, the boss will stop controlling one of your characters. Like once you aggro yes. her final posse of like. Fifteen guys and the commander, it's like it's a huge wave all at once. I guess they thought it would have been too hard to also have you you know not controlling one of your characters part of the time, which I kind of agree with. However, there's no warning because again it's a turn based game um and it turns out the trigger is as soon as you aggro any of that final posse like it stops they stop controlling you. However, my first time through this level, and it's a very long level, I get to the end, and Ragna has her groove up, and she's about to be controlled by the enemy the next turn. So I charge her forward and her her, her groove will let you like shield jump, do like <laughs> a massive bash into the middle of, like, anything. And I jump into the middle of all 15 of these guys right next to the commander, do a huge (laughs) chunk of damage, thinking, well, she can't get killed this next turn. I'll clear a path for her with the rest of my commanders on the way out and draw her back somewhere safely. I jump in, and the first thing I get is a message saying, oh, hey, I've stopped, like, I'm not, in. like, I'm, I'm... I'm in control again. They're not. They they're not controlling me. And Surprise! immediately, even though it's this good thing, I go, fuck, because she's about to take 15 swings from every single enemy around her, and I just lose the mission, like out of nowhere. Because oh, the rules that I was operating wow. under completely change on me. Um, you
4: know what's kind of funny about that is, I, I was super cautious, and it's funny, you know. Josh, I have to brag here, because it's it's exceedingly, exceedingly rare that I am ever better than you at a video game, and it happens to be that this one mission, this one particular part Mm -hmm. of this one mission, I was better than you! It's rare that that happens. Were you? I was, because I went in, and I was very cautious, (laughs) and I figured it out without sacrificing one of my characters and... I don't know if you ended up losing the match as a result. You can't
3: can't lose anyone in the mission. That's the thing. Right, exactly. So I get to the end, and they change the rules. Like, I know what's going to happen next turn, and they change the rules on me. And there's literally nothing you can do at that point. The game is over. Um, And this is actually something... They didn't fix that, but they did add in a checkpoint system where you can manually set... um, A turn in a mission to be a checkpoint. Like, okay, like I've done well up to this point. Something crazy might happen, so I don't have to replay the whole thing. Had that been in there whenever I first played through it, I could have just had a checkpoint before then, before I went and did something crazy at the end, which, to be honest, was a really cool strategy. It was something I'd figured out going through the rest of the thing using the way the mechanic of this fight worked. And then all of a sudden, It didn't. Like, it does not work because they changed the rules all of a sudden, Um, which is frustrating. And again, that's like a 50-50 thing because if you manage to aggro anyone from that whole posse, like I was saying, on one of the turns where you're not going to have someone controlled, it's it's a non-issue. Like, you've got a 50-50 chance that you'll encounter this thing at all, and like a crazy low percent chance that you're going to have a dumb idea like I did, to you know, really abuse the system, and you know, be able to go crazy aggressive by exploiting the fact that you can't be attacked by the the one person who's getting mind controlled. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're saying
0: you were using the mechanic in an interesting way and having good time, but without warning, they switched it on you. And yeah, like, oh, like I was which- having
3: a ton of fun in that mission, and then all of a sudden, I get to the end and. I just lose the mission out of nowhere. Like the rules changed on me and all of a sudden I was just dead. And that's that's not I, yeah, not great.
4: And that's interesting. I think I think that kind of speaks to our conversation a little bit earlier, indirectly and directly in a way mm-hmm. because for me, I I don't know why, I just got this like instinct that as soon as you got close, it would change and she would just strictly focus on attacks. So I kind of went in with that mentality, and that's why I played it cautious going up mm-hmm. to her and her enemies to, you know, not rush in kind of like you did, because that was kind of one of my initial thoughts, too, just, like, run in with Ragna, do that shield bash, and then you know, pull her out after she got changed, but I, I just got this instinct, this feeling like you know, she the, the main enemy, she's going to stop using her special, and she's just going to attack and more, like, govern her troops at that point, and so I played it cautious, and I didn't have an issue with what you had. And it's interesting, because I think... I I don't think, like, you know... I don't think you're wrong by saying that it, it's it's a frustrating thing, because I guarantee other people have issues, and other people have had issues, Why they which is why they introduced that checkpoint system. But yeah. I didn't have that issue at all. You know, like, I, I got the... I, I had the gut feeling that Something was gonna change in that level. Um, I felt like for me they kind of they kind of prepared me for things like that that to happen because those things kinda of did happen mid game, not exactly one to one, but like they would change the rules a little bit in other levels. And so I kind yeah. of expected that and it wasn't a it wasn't a nuisance for me. But that doesn't mean it's not necessarily a problem. It is or isn't a problem. It just kinda of speaks to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But you know, like Moving away from that mission because I don't want to focus this whole discussion <laughs> on one. Mission. We got a whole hour to talk
0: about that mission. Josh, he's trying to flex that ePen His strategic ePen All right, let, hmm. let, let yeah. him go for it.
4: <laughs> yeah, let me let me flex my tiny dick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Anyways, whoa, whoa. so epine. Sorry, my ePen <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's all the same. It's all the same. Anyways, um, I so I I think the game is great. I think the game was a lot of fun the the one mm-hmm. my one complaint after finishing the game like' cause everything else is great. I love the art direction, I love the animations, I love that on the update they shorten the time to for you to skip the animations because after you watch them a few times, they are charming, you know you're trying to play a game it adds a lot of extra time to it yeah i i think I think the song like the the songs and the sound sound design is awesome um for what it is i I think a lot of the game is great the dialogue, everything the characters are really fun. Uh, I think that the game is pretty well balanced for the most part. The, what, my biggest complaint is at the end, you get this absolutely terrible, absolutely terrible facsimile of an ending. Um, unless you've accumulated a hundred stars, you get the the just the quote unquote ending. You don't get the true ending, and that the the purpose of that is to make you play the game more and play the game better. So even if you had gotten all three stars on all the missions, I don't think you still. I still think you don't have enough stars to get the true ending. Which means you got to go no, play I the think other you're modes. Close. you're I close. You're close. You're at yeah. like
3: ninety or something,
4: right? It's so like, that it's, means it's, it's you have to bunch, go play but... the arcade. You have to play the arcade mode, which is basically you have to fight four commanders in a row. And if mm-hmm. you if you die mm-hmm. once, you have to start all over again. And um. So, you have to do the arcade mode or you have to do these really fun challenges. And the challenges are kind of like if anyone has played any of the old, older, like 360 era Magic the Gathering games, what they do is they pose this, they give you this battlefield, they give you a set, some set cards and a set situation, and you have literally one turn to figure out how to defeat your opponent and win the game. It's the same concept, they just threw it into a tactics yeah. game. And I love it. I love yeah, that it's like Magic the Gathering is really with fun. These
3: weird yeah pieces.
4: Right. Exactly. And it's the same idea. Um so you have to accumulate a hundred stars to get the true ending. I haven't done it yet because it takes a long time. It's a little bit grindy. I don't entirely like it. But, you know, it gives me more time with the game and I can appreciate that. I just wish mm-hmm. that they they to um to get to the true ending, it wasn't so much of a grindy aspect, you know. Like I think a hundred is a little high. I think eighty would have been a little bit more fair. But you know what? For me, that talks to my earlier, my earlier yeah. discussion of well, not lowering good. the bar because I want to be lazy. For me, I just have to play the game and finish it. You
3: yeah, know? this is another thing that they also fixed with the patch. Um, it's going to change based on your play style because I was playing to finish things quickly in order to... I was playing with more of like a StarCraft mindset because I saw the rules in the game and it was like, okay, trading's a thing in this game. Like, I, I don't have to really worry about my units as much. Like, I just, I need to... efficiency. Efficiency is the be- biggest thing here. I need to make sure that I'm always pushing, always making the most out of all the units I have, but not just like babying them. Um, And so right. I, just going in with that mindset, I got a lot of the faster turns, and turns are the only thing that matters. Like, finishing missions quickly will get you a higher rank in them. They don't tell you, or they didn't tell you this when the game initially came out, and after the patch, you know, like a week, whatever it was, a week or two later, they have, you know, information about what you're ranked on, which, if you didn't know that going forward, how would you even know? Like, am I supposed to baby my units even more? Like, oh no, I lost two units this time. Maybe I'll get an S if I save all of them. And so you slow down even more. Yeah. Um, so, this is another thing. Like, I, I was basically at 100 by the time I got to the end, anyway. And it's just kind of the difference in our play style this whole time, again. Like, yeah, just for sure. Playing it in a completely oh, different way. Who's got the
0: EP so. now? Who's mm-hmm. got the big EP? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not, this is the only thing I can contribute to this conversation: is harassing you.
3: Yeah, well, uh, but no, sorry. like this is the same <laughs> thing as okay. like that's when we were going through the whole mission and anthem. Like, you need to be this far, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. You, when you get to a certain section, and like if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing when you get to that section, it, it's very random how close you are to actually meeting the goal. Like, you could yeah, be part close, of you could a big be part done, of trial you error. could be nowhere near it. So, yeah,
4: yeah, and i I'm for the most part i I was fine with that um you know i I think lately the games we've been playing over the past few years have kind of conditioned me to be more ready for trial and error, you know, cuphead mm-hmm. was a big one, there are some <laughs> other yeah. games, cuphead's the first one that comes to mind, but um the the last thing I really want to speak on because i I know I'm going to be playing... I'm still going to be playing this game later on down the road because I do want to get that true ending. I do want to see what happens. One of the big... Uh, one of the big things I like and hate about the game right now, and I say hate in a facetious way because I need to, quote-unquote, get good, uh, is the challenges. The challenges... Mm-hmm. You know, you do the first few, and they are they are challenging. They're not terribly challenging. They are a little bit challenging. But it you go from zero to sixty real quick.
2: <laughs>
3: I yeah. I don't I think there are <laughs> what, twenty five definite... challenges, Josh. Uh yes, there are twenty five. Unless you unlock yeah. more after you finish those, but
4: Okay. Yeah, so there are there are a set of, amount of challenges. Mm-hmm. Those fuckers ramp up. Holy shit. <laughs> like yeah, they I was do. like, you know what, I'll just grind these challenges for stars. Like, you know, like they're a quick one turn mission, you figure out takes you know 10 minutes and then you're good to go 10 minutes tops um you know so i did like the first four or five and then all of a sudden you go to six and it's like (laughs) motherfucker Mm -hmm. you gotta get good and i it's not a complaint at all just for me like it's it's rewarding but it's also incredibly frustrating and it's similar to like like those magic challenges I was talking about earlier. Like, the first few are, like, Mm -hmm. fun, easy, they make you think a different way, and then it ramps up to ungodly levels. So, um, that's, you know, after I get unlock the the true ending, I think that's kind of my next goal, is to complete all those challenges. And it's going to take me a long time. Because Mm. even some of, like, the earlier ones took me a little bit longer than I anticipated, because it's kind of rewiring your brain kind of like similarly like into the breach um and figuring out different ways to manipulate the damage and properly placing your troops and everything and it sounds you know simple but it's it's very involved and complex just to figure out exactly what troops do what damage and what not and yeah. i think that's one of the thing the biggest learning curves in this game i think and maybe you'll agree or disagree josh it's kind of like your damage percentages, with who you attack with first, where you are at when you're located on a ter- on terrain, um, just in general, like that damage percentage, like what is dealt and what is dealt to you, is a really mm-hmm. big learning curve, I think. And I know with the update, they've kind of, uh, uh you know, they made some of that that information a little bit more clear with the tables and the graphs, but yeah like what's strong and what's weak, but it's still, that's a big part of these challenges is figuring out who to attack with first, because whoever deals the most damage actually weakens the other troop. And then you can do a little bit more percentage of a dam of damage. So it's figuring out the order of doing all this and where to place your troops and who to attack. It's difficult. And that's, I think that's the most difficult part is like the correct order of doing all this and it like even in the normal game without the challenges figuring that stuff out is really difficult yeah yeah, yeah. i mean
0: the the Shay was right i mean the funny thing is Shay was right when he first played it and he was like morgan you're gonna hate this don't touch it um which <laughs> to be fair i don't know if he spent enough time with it to say i hate it but he was right about you know, those sorts of games. Uh, it feels like it was definitely tailored to a Shea Layton knowing his love of, like, you know, all those turn-based games of yore, um, Shining Force, Fire mm-hmm. Emblem, all that stuff. Um, which, to be honest with you, Fire Emblem, I was already on the precipice of just, you know, I can't do this anymore until into the breach revolutionized the genre. So, th- that's fine. I mean, I, I realized it pretty early, and I was like, okay, this is this is another one of those sort of games, and I am Nothing about it. my brain, clit is dry, but um, I didn't want to be too negative on it, so I decided I was yeah. just not gonna delve into it too far. I know, I knew right away that that, that thing, went, I should have listened to Shay. He tried to save me, but
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, he tricked yeah, me. He, the I'll, first thing I he know, appreciate you trying, yeah, he, he said, You're gonna hate this, and then he tried to talk me into playing it. I was like, Wait, you told me I was gonna hate this, <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. You know, if, if you're really enjoying something... You, I did try it, yeah, and I, I see... I can definitely see why you enjoyed it. Um, the hook being sort of how you're controlling different areas on the map and all that sort of stuff, the style. It's, it definitely felt like a uh, Shay Layton game. I was like, man, if I had played it first, I'd be like, Shay would love this game. hmm hmm um, I'm curious to see how it ends up holding up for you guys later this year when Fire Emblem drops. Um, I'm...
3: Fairly certain I don't even want to play Fire Emblem now.
2: Wow,
3: wow. Well, it's, like I said before, like the few missions, like I was saying before, I don't like babying units in tactics games. Like it, it just it feels like it slows things down. Like especially in Fire Emblem with the whole their whole thing is permadeath. Like you, you lose. Like they've they've lightened up on that touch over the years but that's that's still kind of the hook like you'll lose these characters if you don't if they don't make it through the mission and it so it ends up being just too slow like the pace is just slow because of it um yeah i can agree with that yeah and that's that's something i'm not (laughs) looking forward to unless they found a way to get past that
0: I hope so. Well I yeah. know I agree with you. I, they have to change that that genre a lot. Otherwise I will not be really interested in it either. But I am optimistic because of the nature of how popular the Switch is that they are going to try and do that. Maybe I'll yeah. be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I something some speed hope it up a little bit. But so, I mean from yeah. what I But Wargroove seemed pretty slow too, right? Pacing wise, I mean,
4: at the, at the beginning it's a little slow. war uh, well, yeah, group is a little slow at the beginning you because the you're trying to learn everything. Yeah, yeah. But once you get into it, yeah. it it speeds up really fast. Like you start getting like mm-hmm. because the first few the first few units are really slow. Like the pike pikemen people. Yeah, you use a ton at the beginning. You realize that the swords people are kind of a waste of time at the beginning, and you just buy a bunch of pikemen because they have better defense. You can stack them up together and do insane amount of offense. So those are the units you use, and they have the lowest movement range out of all the units in the game. Yeah. And once you start getting further in the game and you get other units, those earlier units just become obsolete, and you don't use them anymore. And you start getting the longer-range units, and you move across the maps much faster, and the game becomes so much more fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Once you get into it, yeah. There's
2: still
3: a point for those early units, but that has more to do with efficiency again. Like making sure you're always cranking out units because you'll have like Mm. a certain number of production facilities. So you need to make sure you're you're making something because you're going to be having damage incoming. You need something to you know be able to protect you. And so a lot of times they exist to kind of you know fill out you know, the little bit of money you have left over in turns and stuff like that and be able to kind of, you know, help defend yeah. you. They're more defensive units than anything else. It's kind of stuff to get in the way and defend your really important stuff.
2: Um,
0: I do want to say that, uh, so we have uh basically, because this topic this week was so heavy and we went on it for quite a while, I wanted to give something a little lighter to the listeners. Uh, and one of the polls I did this week was actually, you know, because Apex Legends is an extremely popular game right now. And I was asking the community if they were still in hot and heavy with Apex Legends. Uh, and it's a game I know Fish and Shave and playing a lot. A lot of people I know have been. Um, and it was interesting because it came back divided. It was 50-50 about people. And I, that surprised me because the game is so popular. They just announced it hit like 50 million downloads or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, that's a good question. Because when I saw that poll, I said, why? Why... What's going on here? This game seems really popular, but half of the people that voted, I mean, granted, some people can just say no because they hate it or whatever, but in yeah. generally speaking, I wanted to know. So that was the nature of the question. Now, by the way, every Thursday, we'll try to post something for the at Sword Chomp Instagram community. If you leave a good comment, you may read it on the show. I'll try to tag you when the show goes live. We really like to get our community involved in these discussions. So give a little, you know, kind of a, a nice finishing touch on Apex Legends too. Um, so we don't have to talk about it forever, but it is a a huge game. It is you know, Apex Legends is gonna be a just one of those things people remember a lot about this year. Um so, yeah. here we go. Now that Fish's internet's working, are you live, Fish? Are you ready to talk some Apex? Woo!
1: Yeah. Yeah, my fucking internet is just something's going on. It's been unstable for the past week or so, and I don't know what's going it on. Might, with it might it
4: but... might need to see a shrink.
1: Hmm. Have you tried talking to it? But I'm done.
4: Yeah, I mean uh, you
1: come
3: home, I just to it expect easy, it's gonna Josh. be there for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a
2: fucking uh, The
0: funny thing about that is I had my we were we had a really pop in uh, Apex stream the other day with one of our friends, uh VIP Akuna Matata, and we were number two and we were about to be at the very end of this long, like forty minutes match, and uh my internet shut out on me, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked out. I, I don't Aww. know if it was my internet, or it probably was Xbox Live or something. I, I don't want to talk about it. I v- was very upset. I uninstalled yeah. I un- I un- the game after it is that. It was a shame. I blamed the game. What? No. Yeah, I, you installed it? Yeah, it's gone. You're a piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, Fish, there was a comment from one of our listeners that pretty much summed how I feel about this game. So that'll probably be a good launch. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it really did. Um, basically, someone said that they... <laughs> Here we go. Underscore Seth G said, Honestly, I hate it, but I'm a nice person, so I keep it installed if my friend wants to play it. Other than that, I don't touch it whatsoever. That's me! I keep it installed for Fish and my friends.
2: Um, mm.
0: So, I get you, Seth. Mm. I relate to that. Mm. Um, anyways, let's find out what our listeners are saying. Alright, let right, let's, let's find out. See what's going on. Uh, Troy Togo said, I said no, because most of my friends don't have a PlayStation 4, so I have to play with random people. Still a fun game, but having strangers cuss me out makes it less fun. So, mm-hmm. it sounds like he's not having fun with randos.
3: Um. Yeah. Like, I played, I feel ya. Like, I've not been playing as much for the similar reason. Like, there's no cross-platform yet. They've actually, like, yeah. they, they've said that that's coming. Um. Or at least, you know, they haven't ruled it out, more or less. Anyway, um, and when the game first came out, nobody knew what was going on. So, you know, all the interactions were fine. People were learning. You know, nobody thought that they were good and really weren't. Um, now you get a (laughs) lot of fucking idiots who think they're great, but somehow keep dying and it's your fault. Um...
0: Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And so you get <laughs> cussed out a lot in that game now. Uh, although it's fun when I get... I don't mind getting cussed out by my friends, because it's fun. Mm-hmm. But, uh, true. <laughs> yeah, you somehow are the only person to get a kill, but they're yelling at you like you're trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, the toxicity has definitely <laughs> gone up in this game, and oddly enough, there's no way to report people in this game for it. So...
1: Yeah, so they can't. You can't ping assholes. We're yeah, done. yeah. Actually, actually, you can. You just have to not go in to game like the Origin website. Yeah, not yeah, in not games. Yeah.
3: So, so there's no way to yeah. report them because you would have to right. like write down their screen name <laughs> and then go like. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's no there's no view pl- previous team thing in there at all. Like you you had to have recorded it. Go. Kinda back, like that, check the though. recording. And then report them for being a fucking
4: asshole. So. I kind of like that. Like, you have to be vindictive enough and. Yeah, and you angry have to enough fucking meet You gotta whip out your fucking <laughs> yeah. sketch pad and you're like, this motherfucking cocksucker. Yeah. I'm the, gonna the fucking bring him through it, to the mud. You write his name down with the, mm-hmm. your fucking sharp, Sharpie marker. You're done and you. Yep grab your phone and you grab your computer and you're like oh this fucking cocksucker is gonna get it and you're you're just feverishly typing into your phone or your laptop you're just fucking punching the keys you're almost mm-hmm. punching through your fucking electronics and you're like oh god I'm gonna fucking ring this guy through the mud and you get on the website you're logging in and if you don't even have a name you have to create a name and you're like oh, 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 oh. and you finally you get there and you just hit report and you're like yeah he's gonna fucking get it I kind of like that in all seriousness. I like because... that. I
3: I like that a lot. If they actually take reporting seriously,
2: because yes, since that's it's so say. easy
3: to report yeah. in other games, I don't feel like it does an awful lot. But mm-hmm. if they require this much effort from you, and like two or three reports will get some guy, you know, like a temporary ban or something.
4: Yeah. Well, that's the like, problem. You know, that's... like with. Yeah, with competitive games, like people are just gonna report other people because they're sore losers, mm-hmm. you know, like or well, they're just because they're trolls. But, That's part of the reason why you can only take it so seriously.
0: And what what makes Apex Legends unique is you have to play it with people. There's there's no if you forget an asshole yeah. group in Fortnite, you just go play by yourself or something. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So you know when you're forced to play with players, those things happen. Unfortunately, it's the way the internet works. Uh, Jay Wolbro said to me, "It's just another battle royale. It's not a bad game, but the story is typically what keeps me playing a game for longer." Um, Afro Cyborg said, "Multiplayer games aren't my favorite genre, so I knew that I was only going to be into it for less than a month. Still enjoy it, but I would much rather spend my time playing something else." I really am identifying with all of these comments. They're making me mm-hmm. so happy. <laughs> I'm just going to shove it in Fish's face. Arrgh, shove it in- I'm just kidding. I Why love just this fishes? Game. This is Fish I love this right? game too. This is where you guys jump yeah. in and say, No, you're
2: wrong.
0: <laughs> no,
2: you're wrong, every one of you. Mm.
0: That's that's not a very menacing voice Let's Try it again.
1: No, guys, you you're all wrong.
0: Better. Much better. Uh, uh Crumkey said. I don't know. Games I like ca- the first one. The whole
3: Hello Yoda or whatever that was. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Wrong you
4: are. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Apex I do love.
0: Crumky <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, said, other games have caught my interest instead of Apex. That and I suck at Battle Royale games. Um, so this is a good way to interject you guys before I continue. Because Fish and Shay have still been hacking away at it. The other day, Fish told me he was up till like 3 in the morning playing it. And I almost threw up. So uh, tell me, Fish. Tell me what's going on here.
1: Well, last night I was up till three a.m. in the morning playing
0: uh, Not Apex Legends.
1: So, well,
0: Not how come we I want
1: to see you throw up right now. How come we haven't gotten mm.
0: any better at the game? Because we played and we we're still pretty bad.
1: <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got championed three times last night. Were you riding sure. other good people? Oh, oh shit! With randoms.
0: Oh, they did all like, the work. one of the... Is that what happened?
1: The the no no <laughs> the last one, the the last one I did. Okay, get this. I'm actually going for the achievements in this game now because that's how much I'm enjoying it. Oh no! And usually I don't go for achievements unless I truly enjoy the fucking game. And I started going for achievements in this game. There's not that many achievements. I think there's only like twelve of them, um, and they're pretty simple. Um, get a get get champion with like all eight characters, which you have to unlock two of them. So um, that one's probably going to take the longest for me. But um, I. Decided to play the defender gla- class, which is the the only one I have unlocked is uh, Gibraltar. Uh, anyways, the whole time I was going through the match, uh, we were doing just fine. Um, it was one of those slow matches where we were just looting the entire like first half of it and then starting to move along with the circle get it making sure we're positioning ourselves and playing it safe we were just the team was just playing it safe all the way to then and it ended up that once we got to the last circle or one of the last circles like there was only one squad left and we're like holy shit this is weird we're top two N- no kills haven't come across mm. anybody oh ha- that had sounds kill fun. anybody it, well it, i had a defining moment where um the the opposing squad opened fire on us they caught us out in the open um we scrambled ran beho- jumped over a wall started healing up and as gibraltar i used my alt and i knew exactly where they were around the this big old um mountain and i just dropped the airstrike right on top of them and i got a little message saying that you knocked down somebody I was like oh shit they're they're down one man so i immediately just pushed for them and as i was pushing my teammates saw that i was pushing for them and i was pinging the enemy and everything and they were they quickly scrambled from healing themselves and we took them out inside this little house and it felt fucking victorious and um, my previous two were, like, even better. Like, I had, like, five kills, and, like, my teammates had, like, six kills apiece as well, so. Well, you climbed the uh, mountain.
0: You don't even need to play anymore. You've done it. You're a champion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you have to go back? Uh, Why uh... return?
1: There's achievements. There's achievements. So, I have to get championed with all the classes now, so.
0: Um,
4: no, it, it's I'm really... so proud of you. I'm so proud <laughs> <Thank> of you.
1: Thank <laughs> you.
0: Thank you, Thank you, Shay. Yeah, these these free Battle Royale games are going to be a plague upon my existence. I, swear. Mm, I mean, I think this I'm so happy you're having a great time. I'm a new Thank man this you. year. I'm sorry.
1: I appreciate it. <laughs> um, no, no, this game so is really... It really is a best Battle Royale I've played because of the respawn making a very competent first-person shooter yeah. uh, within a squad-based type of game where the traversal um morgan you may not like the the uh aesthetic of the game like the the locale that you're actually battling in i don't i don't dislike um, it i just
0: think it's kind of boring but i don't dislike it yeah
1: yeah well i i kind of enjoy it um
0: i mean it's better than it it doesn't buy sorry go ahead to your point
3: yeah they yeah yeah a few of the drop points do look too similar Like they have a couple, like, really standout ones and then a good handful of other ones that don't stand out in any way. Like, that's something that I think Fortnite did extremely well, is have each spot on the map feel unique when you drop at it. Like you never go to a new place and be like, Oh, I I kinda have already been here eight other times. Um, Yeah. And they have spots like that in Apex Legends, but a lot of the if if you look at the name on the map and it doesn't sound interesting, it won't be interesting when you get there. Um, it's kind of a, a good way to kind of quantify you spend, what you're getting into.
0: You spend the first chunk of that game sometimes just, like, wandering around picking up um, items. It's just, it's just not really that engaging for me, I guess. But, I mean, I couldn't argue it's not the best Battle Royale game, but, I mean, what is that between? What, PUBG? Are you comfortable saying it's better than PUBG? Um...
1: Uh, for sure, yeah.
0: Okay, what about Realm Royale?
1: I never played Realm Royale. That's that's what I'm I'm saying. It's it's like a piece of
0: shit. It's like a three. (laughs) I'm just saying it's like a three per. I'm not saying there's not value in being your favorite version of these games. I'm just saying there's only like what? There's only three of them people really seem to care about, right? PUBG, Fortnite. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. Nobody cares about Call of Duties.
0: Eh, I guess. It was fine. It was just soulless, and uh, can't deal that. Plain. It was like it was like they didn't hire anyone that knew anything about an art direction. So mm. I. Uh, that's kind of the Call of Duty mantra.
3: Well, they've been making the exact same brown game for the last twenty years. I don't know why they. would Yeah, change Call that. of Duty the aesthetic yeah. has not changed. No, that's not. No one's surprised by that at
0: this point. I I think uh, Fortnite. No. I would might give the nod to if if the end of the end game wasn't so awful where everyone's building these stupid fucking towers and shit. Like I it's just the strangest thing. Like you have this tense, like, you know, battle royale as you close in and at the end it's just three people building these fucking skyscrapers out of (laughs) woods. I think that's a side effect of the game not
3: being a battle royale. Like they were making a tower defense game, kind of a horde mode type game, with really cool mechanics. You don't just build the turrets, you build the whole fort you're defending. That's really fucking cool. Oh, battle royales are popular? Congratulations, we now make a battle royale. And Mm. that's what Fortnite is. And like, I'm still, I've never been sold on the building mechanics. Like, they find ways to kind of halfway make it work to let you climb up mountains and stuff. Like, if you get stuck somewhere
0: but oh in the high level play the building is insane yeah, that it is it, it is but it's not me, but it's
3: ins- it, yeah exactly like i just don't think that it's it's not that it's bad it's just i'd rather have the tighter gunplay that you have in yeah, apex tension. like i'd rather the focus yeah. be mm-hmm. on the gunplay and it's just it's not yeah, as much yeah. in Fortnite. and i i, I, I agree. think that's I'll great apex like like really i think had Fortnite never like obviously it would not have been as good for them financially to just make the game they were originally intending to make but the game they were originally intending to make sounds so much more interesting to me as far as something i feel like i would have seriously gotten into like a you know like a fun co-op building tower defense shooter like that sounds really cool um and i mean that granted that game's still there inside the other one but yeah like, I, I think that was the more interesting product. It's just not what the market wants at this point. So,
0: did you see Fortnite took like the pinging and stuff from uh, mm-hmm. it? took a lot. <laughs> it took a lot. Everyone of should take that. Them.
3: There's no reason. Every game with a multiplayer aspect should not take that without a, a really good mm-hmm. reason. Um, you like know The, weird the though? Overwatch team said that they originally had that in like the closed alpha. But because yeah. the teams were larger, it became super spammy. So they're like,
0: yeah, yeah, like having
3: having six people instead of three is just enough more that all of a sudden you'll get you know everyone's thinking the same thing. So you get five pings telling you to do the same thing, and it's just it ends up not working as well because of the scale.
0: But yeah, what's funny about that is every time I play, I mostly play with Fish and a friend, so <clears> I <throat> almost never have to use the brilliant pinging system because we just talk. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny because I almost never really get to use it because I actually play people I know, and Fish will just be like, "Hey, there's a shotgun yeah. right here." Like, okay, thank you. What? Well, yeah,
3: yeah, but like even then, the ping is, is cool. still faster. Like it puts physical it a physical yeah. location on stuff. Um, uh, right. So it's it's exactly nice. yeah, where p- pinging is. enemy. Yeah, yeah, it's the
1: cool. pinging enemies is like the most awesome way of like letting somebody know exactly where enemies yeah. are. Like that's. Like, it it makes a much more intense type of feel whenever you're trying to engage them. And it also, like, informs you in a way that, like, tactically, like, you can engage them in in a way that you can flank them or you can start to strategize. As soon as that ping pops up, you're like, okay, you assess where you're at, where the enemy's at. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's an instantaneous thing instead of, like, telling somebody, oh, they're over there in this building. Uh, on the second floor or something like yeah, that, yeah. and then you're kind of looking around. It is. Um, it is. I love that fact that you can just ping the enemy in this game. Look, um,
0: it's, it's a cool feature. It's the quality of life Battle Royale. That's what it is. All those quality and life improvements. I'm just saying, like, I'm not uh, going to well, ejaculate over uh, the pinging uh, system. Ah, oh, pinging!
2: Ah! Oh! You know,
1: uh, I could. You know, I, know. I would do it right now, but... Uh. This is a podcast that people can enjoy it as thoroughly as they would like. But uh, I would, I would say as well as the, the class system in this game is very unique. I love the fact that you have all these different classes um, and dependent on who picks what, like that's your group dynamic and you kind of have to strategize and play to your guys' strength. And a lot of times that's different for each match. Uh, and, because of all the different classes that you could pick and um, I, I really enjoy the fact that they added classes in this game mm. um, which it, it, it's great Like, it, no, nobody feels like they're it's, it doesn't feel like samey you know like yeah. everybody's not going for a shotgun Well,
0: that, the maybe, bloodhound guy kind of you know. sucks though like every time I'd scan no hostiles in the area and there's a guy 10 feet away from me shooting you to death and I'm like what do you mean there's no hostiles it is right fucking there. Well, uh,
1: yeah, it has a very limited range. Like I'll admit that. Yeah, it has a small, but I I got a win last night with right. Bloodhound last. Uh, yeah, Bloodhound is and...
3: probably one of the strongest characters in there. If the... fuck yeah, you said especially he was the wor-
0: if the fish you told me he was one of the worst characters yesterday to my face. I I think that well maybe I did. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> what you flip flopping anyway. on Bloodhound?
0: But I'm just saying yes. I used him and he. Was not helpful.
2: Well,
1: well, his ultimate is
3: from what you're. Yeah, his ultimate's extremely strong. Yeah,
1: uh, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, the I love his ultimate actually.
3: Down? Yeah. Well, no, it doubles uh, your speed. You can speed see through and you can see yeah. through walls. Mm-hmm. You get wall hacks and you're double speed. Like it, like it's insane. See through smoke. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You you actually everybody all any yeah. any player you see is outlined red and that makes it fun Man, if you just throw like a smoke into like where you know the enemy's at like and somebody goes in with their ultimate as bloodhound uh which i did last night and yeah completely destroyed two teams like that um like yeah yeah that his ultimates is pretty pretty badass i would say i actually enjoy his ultimate oh, so now you're on the, on the most out of out okay. of them mm-hmm.
0: i'm just trying to play devil's advocate i really don't care enough to I don't hate the game. I'm just trying to explain all the things that have irritated
4: me, just for fun. Um, <laughs> just for fun. You know what would help, I think, actually, uh, with that game, is if you get good.
2: <laughs> good advice. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Super <Good> advice. dry. <laughs> Super uh, let's see. Um, what it is to be done said. Um, turns out I just don't enjoy competitive games like I used to. Oh well. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Nerdy Nate Thirteen said Tetris Ninety Nine is obviously the superior battle royale. Probably,
3: compared to any of them. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I actually enjoy it. Just the speed like of Tetris getting 99. into a game
3: uh, is really good. There's. Yeah. It's simple to get into, but there's tons of strategy that, like, there's depth there that takes a long time to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just like any battle royale game, you could get fucked right at the beginning mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know I'm how
3: many times I've dropped in a Tetris 99 and it's like Mozambique, Mozambique. Like, nothing. Nothing <laughs> but, like,
0: yeah. Nothing but crap. Mm-hmm. Um,. Uh, Sweet Z4L said, "It's not the Titanfall three I was waiting for. Fortunately, Apex brought a little nostalgia to a lot of players that brought them back, um, and brought them back to Titanfall two. So, I mean, I think that's part of the upswell with this game. Not just because people are enjoying it, but there's sort of that, you know, people that feel that Titanfall two was wronged a little bit. Um, yeah. So, which is fine. Happy for respawn." They had to find success by copying the popular genre. It's a story of success and tragedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of... Uh, but Titan. We you know there's a good chance Titanfall three will happen now and probably be better because this game has been so successful.
3: Yeah, and they have money to put into it, which is great. Because, yeah, right. That, yeah. I th- that it's it was always a hard sell with Titanfall, like oh, it's a modern shooter, but with huge mechs. <sighs> like, unless your target demo is 13-year-old boys, that's not a huge selling point. Like, you're not going to see that and go, oh, awesome, I-, I need to play this game. Um, But they did such an amazing job on just the game feel of the Titanfall mm-hmm. games. Like just the way they play, the way it feels to move around those games. And now that they made a battle royale, everyone's experiencing that. They're like like just, just moving around in this game, it feels so great. And yeah. so feels yeah, a lot like I'm... Call
0: of Duty, yeah. No, it doesn't. It does. Uh let's no. Well Respawn made Call of Duty, so Titanfall felt a lot like Call of Duty. I mean, they basically took out the mechs and the wall running and stuff, so it's closer to Call of Duty than it really is Titanfall. Which isn't an insult, just saying. Not really? I mean, Respawn made Call of Duty for a while. They have that They in did, their yeah,
3: but like a lot of the stuff going on, like they don't have the exact wall running, but they've got wall running in the game. So Yeah, but
0: but look, Josh, the two Call of Duty obsessed freaks from their mm-hmm. childhood, sorry. Fish and Shay, they're back on the Apex train. I'm telling you, it's in the DNA. Freaks? Sorry, Freaks is harsh. Um Addicts. Yeah. Uh, let's say Enthusiasts. There we go.
2: Mm. Thank you.
0: There we go. This this comment blew me away. Curseville said, too busy playing Shining Force. I thought Shay
4: paid someone to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, not at all. I, mm. You know, I was super happy when I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Because, like, literally last week we were just talking about how I have yet to meet someone from the podcast who has the same love as I do in Shining Force. And it looks like, after years of podcasting, it's <laughs> finally found... happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, we found somebody! He just threw that. <laughs> I out knew there. I
4: wasn't crazy. That one person justifies my whole life. They just threw that out there as bait. Now,
1: one person playing shining force just all I needed to your soul.
4: All I needed.
0: Um last comment. Failed everything said it's still the best battle royale but I think people are getting met on it because there isn't anything to work toward. But next week the battle pass is releasing so I expect it to explode with more popularity. Now that's true because I was watching the Twitch numbers and it seems like Fortnite's already back on top which is just just insane. Um but yeah. when they drop that battle pass depending on how what's in it um yeah, I think that comment's right on point there.
4: Yeah, I it's kind of the same thing that we experienced with um sea of thieves you know some people weren't super thrilled about that game because it it doesn't quote unquote have a technical end game to it and i think that's kind of the same thing with uh any of these battle royales but i think if you if you you look at it in a different way you realize that this isn't like typical gaming this is a way to you know test out your competitive chops while having fun with your friends. Or if you want to take it seriously enough, then you can do it. You look at it in that way and I think you'll enjoy it and have more fun with it. But yeah, if you want to take it seriously, you can, if you don't want to take it seriously, you can do that too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, fish remember back
0: in the day when you were really, really, really into modern warfare. Like, yes, really into it. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Would you? Yeah, bring me back to would, those days. Would you
0: say that these nights you're staying until three in the morning playing Apex? Would you say you're feeling a similar sort of thing in your body? Mm, okay. Well, compare
2: the two addictions. The thing is, is I,
1: well, there, there. I played Call of Duty Deathmatch. Okay. And. So it's, it's a little different, you know, like Battle Royale brings on like this whole different feeling. It's just a, it's a, it's a unique genre, like whether or not it's popular, the most popular fucking thing and most copied mechanic at this point, um, it is a very fucking cool mechanic uh, to have in a game. Like you get one life and you got you better make, make better make damn sure that you, you know, are well prepared for any engagements with the enemy that you have. So it, it gets it it makes a much more intense uh, gaming experience that I haven't experienced uh, as opposed to like a death match where you're dying like you know twenty times every match or if you're good, you know, one time or none. But uh, it it just feels like deathmatch at this point is kind of like a very old, archaic type of multiplayer type of. Game that I I've had my run with, and I don't want to go back to that. um So the, they're kind of two different experiences at this point, and it's hard for me to, you know, find any similarities as far as like addiction goes. Like a, my addiction with uh, Apex is I'm having fun with it. I don't necessarily I get competitive, but I don't necessarily get angry whenever I lose or anything. As opposed to when I was younger playing, you know. The original modern warfare uh game all right
0: fair enough well thank you for that clarity and by the way um thank you for our listeners uh, leaving some incredible comments this week if like i said before if you'd like to support us you know we're trying to grow here we have a patreon page patreoncom slash sword shop if you look for our vip page you can find all sorts of rare videos inside jokes cool things like that it's a vip club for only five dollars a month and uh, it's like a little family i mean i just literally posted a video of me obliterating fish in super smash brothers and that's not something that you want to miss um luckily for me he's spending unless all you're his time playing. <laughs> he's spending all his time playing apex so <laughs> i don't have to worry about him upping his skill um yeah. don't worry fish i didn't post a video of me playing squall or i'm sorry cloud and beating you with cloud oh
1: thank you
2: um
0: I appreciate it asshole <laughs> That was my strategy of uh. But there's a lot of cool stuff on there, and uh, like I said, message inside looks into our life, jokes from the past. If you never signed up for it, you'll get like almost a half a year of content, and uh, and you're supporting us in the process. Um, I want to run through some of the the some quick polls here, and we're gonna squeeze ape out. And this has been a long show, but uh, there's a lot going on in the world of sword chomp, and uh, we still have ape out to talk about, which is gonna be interesting. So you don't want to miss that. A Couple quick polls to finish them up. Uh, the starter, of Pokemon Sword and Shield, voted favorite starter by the At Sword Chomp Instagram community. By the way, there's polls every Monday, so don't miss them. Sixty forty. Score bunny, score bunny took it, and uh, now me and Cher left sobbing because Sobble was beaten. Hmm. lot of love for that bunny man that bunny is popular jessica Negri's doing the thing i mean it's all over the place
4: you know it's funny you know it's funny as i was talking with one of my adult students um thursday night about it because she's she's really big into pokemon as well and i was like did you see the news and she's like yeah i was like how do you feel about the starters like good so so bad and she's like good i love them and i was like huh that's the first person I've heard that says that she, she or he loves them. Because I asked some of my mm-hmm. uh, junior high school students too, and they all were like, "eh, so so." But uh, she loves them apparently, and I was like, "Who are you gonna go with?" And she, she said, "Score Bunny" as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. hey, Score Bunny is getting Jessica a ton me. of love. Good for me.
0: I will say this, just to piss people off, and it's gonna go back to bite because watch Grookey's gonna have the coolest final evolution, and I'm gonna have to eat that monkey shit. Um <laughs> I put at the bottom of the poll, because it was just between Sobble and Scorebunny, I put, if you're voting for Grookey, please write your vote on a piece of paper and throw it in the trash. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people mm-hmm. message me angrily in the, in my DMs, so. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> just, just to make trading and training easier, someone's probably going to have to pick one of each. I mean, although you can trade online easily enough, mm. so it's not as big of a thing anymore. So. Well, I wanted to ask you guys this. This is a serious
0: question, because we want to do a media blackout. We don't want to, like, ruin a lot of the game this time. But is it okay for us to look at the starter evolutions? Is that legal? Yeah,
3: Yeah. no, that's fine, because they always start out as a single type and then end up getting double type, or at least they have for the last several, several generations. And so knowing that secondary type, if nothing else, is pretty super important
4: for... I like it's pretty super important. It's not super important, it's not pretty important It's pretty super important
3: Yeah, well but like occasionally you'll end up With like one starter who's got Like three, four times weaknesses Or something stupid like that um, Yeah So yeah. like you let's don't want to Let's yeah. go with yes Yeah. Is that so I was you planning okay on looking that? at their evolutions if, okay. I wasn't planning on looking at much else But the starter evolutions I was planning on looking at Anyway Ditto
4: Fish said yes right. Yep I heard him
1: say it. (laughs) I didn't. He's not
0: going
4: to look.
1: I'm not even going to look at
0: him. Okay, nobody show fish. It's going to be private. We won't show fish. We're going to have a private chat and we're just going to make a bunch of noises like, (gasps) oh my God. Oh, (laughs) you should. Oh my God.
4: It looks (laughs) crow. Just. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
4: What's going on over there guys? Then
1: I'm going to get very cryptic messages from you guys. Oh, wait until you see Score Bunny's
4: final <laughs> evolution. We're going to trick you. We're
0: be like, "Oh, be like, dude, oh, Score Bunny looks fucking rad. I can't Sco- believe
4: he turns into a scorpion in the final." I Oh, guys, I spoiled <laughs> it. I'm sorry.
0: Get it? Scorpion Bunny.
4: Uh,
0: uh... Super dry. <laughs> 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 I'm glad to see Fish's humor has returned to him. Now that his internet is not shitting out on him. Uh, last poll, a Zelda game where you play as Ganondorf, working to foil Link at every turn. Uh, even though this would be triggering for Fish, um, I would do think it would be a kind of a cool idea, because you never really play as the villains, and I just thought it would be funny, the idea where you're just sort of always... Tr- I don't know the braid? Execution- What? Braid? Well, that's true. That's mm. true. Um but it probably would never happen. I don't know how in actuality you could actually do it because it seems like Ganon just sits around in a castle all day. That'd be the whole game. He's just brooding in his castle. Well when is he gonna I mean get that's a
3: thing. Like it would it would either be a game where you end up losing or it would just be the prequel to Breath of the Wild. Ooh where wow. you, you win for a hundred years or a thousand years. What well, is that? That'd be kind it's of a hundred cool. years.
0: It, it would be kind years? of poignant though to like It's I think 100 it was a hundred years. Think it was it's a hundred years. To to play as Ganon the whole time and feel this connection and then lose and then you feel like this weird connection with him like like it's okay if the hero loses or the villain so to speak. mm Hmm. That'll never happen. It'd be the Majora's yeah. Mask. Of- no, I think it's <laughs> yeah. The Majora's Mask cool would
3: idea. be a cool one because that one that one playing as the villain would be awesome too because that was such a weird game. Like Majora's Mask playing as the Skull Kid would be amazing. Because you could basically have the same mechanics where you're playing, you know, going back and forth through time, sort of thing, but instead of mm-hmm. fixing everyone's lives, having to learn their schedule and you know being able to help them out when they need stuff, you'd have to learn their schedules to fuck with people for three days until the world ended over and yeah. over again. That would be perfect. That, that would be, <laughs> and then
4: the world just ends, and you, you. Look, Gana mm-hmm. looks at the screen, and or Skullkin just smiles.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a tower defense game, you're just Mm ganning and you're always stopping. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I I was thinking a lot about this, and that's a segue to the poll I forgot last week that people some people messaged me about, which was so I don't know 100% the rules of Royal Rumble. I was trying to look it up, but my understanding because I don't watch wrestling, but my understanding is that you start off with a certain number of people in the ring, and they slowly keep funneling into the ring over time, right? That's what happens?
4: Yes. Mm. So,
0: I was like, you know what? That could work for Super Smash Brothers if they did a Royale mode, because you could start with, like, 10 people in there. Something insane, but fun. And then, they just start trickling in the people, like, Royal Rumble style, you know what I mean? But I don't I don't know how you'd balance it in the, in the aspect of, like, because, like, 70% of our audience said it was a really cool idea, but like if you were the last person to enter the ring, you kind of get an unfair advantage, right, so they yeah
3: appreciate... you you, you kind of get seated to the point where you only have to get like three kills or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah,
0: so maybe if they had a system where like the best the the best higher ranking people on the internet get dropped in first because they're gonna whoop everyone's ass <laughs> that could mm-hmm. be interesting, you know?
3: yeah, yeah, there'd have to be some sort of matchmaking under the hood to to make it yeah not put some amazing player in at the very end so no one's prepared mm-hmm. for it at all
0: yeah. and maybe not even a hundred people because i'm pretty sure Royal rumble is what 30 or something i I have to see but i don't think it's like 100 people i have no I idea i do yeah. know that that would be a cool idea because in a lot of ways smash brothers and there's four people on the screen is sort of like uh the format of like a wrestling game if you think about it i mean it's it's a rumble so
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's just a lot better than a wrestling game that's inarguable. Mm-hmm. Inarguable. And no one here cares enough about wrestling to even argue that, so that's fine. I um, don't think
3: I've <laughs> played a wrestling game in the last since five the generations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> since Nintendo 64, yeah. Those are the ones mm-hmm. that everyone played. Yeah. Um. But so that was a, a fun idea and um I'm still waiting for the Name Bill Fish. You know, Fish, it makes you feel better. Even though I obliterated you constantly and even with uh Cloud. Just to rub it in. Josh did mm. obliterate me today. So you know, <laughs> it's a cycle. I obliterate you, he obliterates me. And uh
1: Yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm done with Smash. Bros. <laughs> oh no. While, no. Well
3: now that now that, that tournament's finished, <clears throat> you can get the coaching that you were not allowed before.
1: Mm. I can oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I I think i would I'd rather them. just wait until Shay gets a switch and he gets smash bros and mm. Oh yeah and I can we can beat need-
3: <laughs> <him>. <laughs> We need fresh blood for for We're fish gonna- to sustain himself
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: he's, he's like a fresh fun. meat. You just wait for somebody else to pick on. <laughs> no, fish. I mean, it, you know, if you can finally beat me with whoever whatever character you get a really a connection with, then you'll know that you're you're getting pretty good, so yeah, hey.
1: Okay. Yeah, but yeah, you know it's not for everyone. That's true.
0: But you know, maybe just—I
1: mean, I—I I felt like I really loved fighting. I—I—I I thought I've rekindled my love for fighting games, but um, you—you you showed I you've it. proved to me, Morgan, that fighting games just
0: isn't just isn't healthy for me. I, I, it's my like fault. I fucking... beat you back into Apex. What is my problem? What did I do? <laughs> you know, oh, I've always been in Apex, though. So. I will say this, though. But this is the last thing I want to say about Smash. We've talked about it a lot, and we'll let this die. As soon as Fish sends me that amiibo, I'll let it die. Um, that The trajectory for me was fascinating with this. Because I bought the game just after Christmas because Josh was kind of like, you guys should get this to Smash, right? Didn't touch it. For a couple weeks, tried some of the single player stuff, wasn't really into it, thought it was kind of boring, wasn't my thing. Then we got together one night and we just started smashing each other, and we all suck except Josh, and had fun. You know, win some, you lose some, I would grab Donkey Kong, a couple characters, and I enjoyed it. Then for some reason, I just started getting competitive and just me and Fish got together and I just started, you know, doing really well. And then I started to get bugged, and then Fish started challenging me and he was like, hey, you want to smash tonight? He was like getting aggressive. And I was like, yeah, let's smash tonight. And then before I know it, I started to get good at the game. And suddenly I had a taste of it. And I was like, man, this is like one of the first ga- games I've ever been good at in my life. And then it became this joke where I'd never wanted to let Fish win again. And then all of a sudden I was playing online every single night. And now I have a problem. I have a full blown <laughs> addiction. So mm-hmm. that's how it happened. Hmm. I really like the game. Sounds like a terrible oh, it's, addiction, it's there, Morgan. I mean,
1: like, you should play
0: some more Apex. It's a lot more healthier for come you. Come on, Smash Brothers. It's it's, it's great fish. Like, you can't comp- I'm watching competitive Smash Brothers on YouTube, fish. That's how sad I've become. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound healthy at all. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's fun. I. It's fun. I. You know, sometimes you connect with a game or a character, and like I had fun with Donkey Kong and Samus, but I always felt a little out of control. But, like, when I found Ganondorf, it was like I just, like... And, you know, there's kind of like that with Roadhog a little bit, although I didn't stick with that Overwatch that long. And I think anyone listening to this can relate to, like, a character in a game that they just connected with, and it makes it a lot more fun, and then it's off to the races, so...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's it. We can kill all the Smash Talk. Fish is probably happy about that. But I'll be I'll be ready. I'm s- still going to try and train. I'm watching my videos Josh sent Beat Me In today, so I can try and learn my flaws. I'm studying my own losses. Mm. How sad is that? That's good. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I need help, really. No, but in all seriousness, <laughs> the reason I've been playing so much is because I can play it and I put my daughter to bed. So that was always, like, dead time. Cause she likes to watch, like, about half an hour of, like, silly children's videos to fall asleep, Baby Shark, and all that stuff. And I just lay up next to her at the Switch, and I just train for about half an hour. And that's kind of how it started. So, um... Not saying I don't play on yeah. my own time sometimes, but the Switch is great for filling in the cracks of your life like that. Great for training.
2: Mhm.
0: If you'd like to challenge me, I got my friend code on my Instagram page at General Mountain Time. You know, got my friend code out there. You can get into a mm-hmm. get a full-on uh three or four-way going with me and Josh and it'll be a banging good time. Um All right, so the we, Ape out that's heating uh, up all the polls there. So much to talk about this week, but I wanted to close the show on Ape Out. I should say 60% of the audience did vote for the frozen margarita. So there's a small Hmm. victory there for me and Fish and our slushies, our alcoholic slushies. Uh,
3: (laughs) Yeah. I expected that, though. It is a lot easier drink to get into than a fairly
0: harsh sipping cocktail.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Ape Out is a game we've been playing. It's from Devolver. Um, they're, you know, they're a publisher that's had some incredible games like Hotline Miami that you've probably heard of, um, among other things, and uh, this game is something I've been hearing a lot about in a lot of other podcasts as well, and then, you know, Josh started getting into it this week and wanted us to to delve into it. Um, basically, it's an interesting thing. It's only $15 right now on the Switch, and I believe PC as well. Um... I got it on the Switch. Basically, the idea is very simple. You are a large gorilla, and you are trapped, and you have to escape a uh, several sort of situations. Um, and it's like sort of fast-paced sort of Twitch gameplay to a degree. You run. It's pretty simple. A monkey smashes people into walls um, or just smashes them in general. You run around to evade people that are shooting you and things like that. If you get shot, you actually leave a trail of blood, um, which is a nice aesthetic effect, and it also you can use it to like enemies you know if they they see a trail of blood you can like guide them around into a weird corner or something to throw them off the scent and it's a it's got a very distinct look and style to it that it, the music it reminds me a lot of this movie Birdman. it's like a manic drums kind of um, jazz drum kind of a thing um and it's very it's very um I think it fulfills its vision very well. Like, they knew what they wanted to do when they went out to create this game, and I think they achieved that. But you've been enjoying it a lot, Josh, so.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I finished it in no time. Just got super into it, didn't want to put it down. Um, Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's, uh... The music does such a great job of just kind of pulling you into the game and making you kind of crazy well it makes you feel like you're kind of like participating in it with the the combat because I mean in a, in a way you are like the there are a lot of the extra drum hits and stuff um are affected by what you're doing in the combat um and like it plays into the music and it kind of, it really just, it's just, it's really engaging. Um,
0: yeah, it's weird. Like and, the music you know, has a, um, to what you're saying, it's like they're trying to go for this fevered frenzy. But the the manic sort of jazz thing is interesting because it's like a very drum centric, as I'm sure Shay would appreciate. But, you know, they're trying to, I think, give you the feeling of sort of this frenzied um, creature that's just trying to get out. But it's not too aggressive. It's just sort of like, like they want you to have, like, when you think about jazz, you think of like a flow and a rhythm, which they want you to have with the gameplay. Because um, you could, there's some areas we can almost run through without killing anyone if you're adept enough. But mm-hmm. they also, there's creating enough manic sort of tension to create the feeling of like, I'm breaking out of here. I mean, it's called Ape Out, you know? Um, yeah. It's very distinctive, mm-hmm.
4: really. For sure. Yeah. I. I you know I was playing it right before we started the podcast. I'm absolutely enamored with this game. It's the reason why I took a break from wargroove uh It's not a very long game. it's a phenomenal game it's it's like a beautiful mixture between hotline Miami and pac man i guess is the best way <laughs> I can describe it uh, it has like the it has the the i don't know how to exactly word this it has this creative art style kind of like Hotline Miami did where it's very distinct and it's like a throwback to a different era and it like obviously has the brutality of Hotline Miami and the top down feel of Hotline Miami but it feels very much like Pac-Man where you're just trying to go through um a level a level like pass through the maze and just get to the end which Pac-Man, you know, it's not a 1-1 yeah. comparison, but it's very similar yeah, it's in that regard. it's super
3: stylized. Yes. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. And pretty much, it's such a simplistic concept, but everything that goes along with it is just, it's so, it's so actualized in this game. And it complements, like, everything in the game complements itself in such a beautiful way. Um like you guys are saying with the with the sound design where it's like a simple dra- uh jazz beat but once you start getting into it it becomes more frenzied and frantic and every kill you do adds another cymbal hit. Yeah. Um and different types of cymbal hits actually. It's not the same cymbal hit. You know, they use different crashes. Which for for someone like me obviously was awesome, you know, to hear different crashes being used in the game. Mm. It's this the Art direction is I was talking with Josh about it. It's I could see it honestly, and I'm going to predict now it's going to be one of the top three for our art direction game of the year show at the end of the year. Uh, I, I was playing earlier this morning and I remember this point where I had gotten shot once. So I'm dripping a little bit of blood on the ground and then I killed this, some of these other enemies, so you have the orange splatter of my blood on the ground or the gorilla's blood. You have the reddish blood um on the ground. And then if you, you if you blow up the blow up guys, they actually are a different color. So it's like this this uh painting of just all these all this splatter and you have like the darkened areas of the map. The, or the area that you can't walk, so and that's flashing in that like really cool artistic way, and so there's all this splatter, and it was just really vibrant and beautiful, and it looked kind of like a painting, you know, in a way, and that's what's so awesome about this game, uh, the the art uh, direction and uh, style changes all the time. It's ever flowing. It's not a it's not a stagnant thing. It's it's dynamic. And it changes with, you know, whoever's shot or the you know the particular blood patterns. You go from disc one, which is um kind of like this I don't know, this kind of like not quite factory, but it's like this sterile area. And then you go to the second disc, which is like an office setting. And it's awesome. It changes the way the game feels, but it still feels—I uh, don't know how to describe it. I can't. <laughs> well, really it Well, it's put interesting in the words.
0: because the it's isometric, but they do it in a weird way because it's there's a lot of really tall like structural things a lot of times that you're looking over. So it is pretty cool that yes. they found a way to keep it isometric and like actually like all these like tall sort of like pillars and stuff without it becoming too distracting. Um, exactly. Which is which exactly. Is
3: nice. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's something they actually. They took from Monaco, uh, like we've been comparing it to Hotline Miami a lot just from the combat style, but you don't have perfect information like you do in that. I mean, you don't have perfect information in Hotline Miami because the camera's too close, but otherwise you would. You can see through doors. You can, you know, set up ambushes, wait for somebody to come through a door and push it into them and just kill them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas this one, you can't see around corners. If you come around a corner and there are three guys there, you find out about it when you come around the corner. Um, yeah,
0: and it does this weird which thing it, when you—it
3: leaves to a yeah, like it—it—it it, it adds to that frantic feeling that you're kind of talking about, where stuff can surprise you in this game. Um, but for the most part, there aren't like wide, wide open spaces where you're—you're you're not going to get like shot from off screen. But stuff will still surprise you, which is, I think, a good feeling because it, like. It means you're constantly having to make decisions quickly, just on the fly, but it never feels like you're just getting killed out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. Like the closest it comes to that is with like some, like Shay was mentioning the exploding guys because they explode. Like if you come around a corner and just quick react, punch some guy and blow up an exploding guy right next to you. Well, you just killed yourself, and that can feel a little bit bad, but most of the time it's because it was your own fault, Mm -hmm. um, which is a better feeling than just getting shot from off-screen or something.
0: I was going to elaborate on that, too, because she called them the blow-up guys, and I was like, that might be kind of confusing if someone's listening to this. Like, what's a blow-up guy? It's basically like a dude Mm -hmm. with a package of C4. It's so you can
3: use the the
0: carpool lane. (laughs) Oh, no. Um.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is what I was going for, but like with the deaths, nothing ever really feels cheap in this game. I, I've ever felt, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm killed, it feels like it's my own incompetence or inadequacy. Yeah, uh, with the game, I've never felt like it's cheap. Like with Hotline Miami two, part of the reason why that game was not as successful as the first, and it was so frustrating, is because characters could kill you off screen. Yeah. And you wouldn't even see them. With this game, the only way you're killed is if you alert the people in the vicinity and they see you, and they've had enough time to load up their gun and shoot you. It's, so it never feels cheap. It gives you enough time to react and choose your mode of attack, whether you want to fight or you want to you flee, essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's one thing I really well, I love about that, yeah. this game as well. That It's, it's definitely worth noting. Is it never feels cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean Hollow Miami Two was a little more frustrating in that way. But yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't feel cheap. I I think for me I'm a, it's more of an admir- like a respect and admiration thing than like an enjoyment thing. I think you guys are enjoying it more than I am. Like the art style and the music and in general, like like they do a really good job of the presentation. It kind of looks like albums when you're going to the different um like uh records and stuff and you're going to the different sides for the levels and stuff. Um and but like for the most part the game for me's been oddly Pretty easy. I don't really know why, um, but I haven't really had too much too much problems with it. I definitely enjoyed the second level I beat. Uh, I, the when if when the game first started, I thought it was a little bit dull, but the second area was a little better. It was like you are in like a high rise and you're slowly like going down, and then like there's like snipers shooting you through the windows, and and like you're sort of counting down the floors. And I I think I I, I was starting to enjoy it more for sure, but. Um, I don't. Know, I'm a little worried. It might be more of like a game that I just end up with like more of like a respect for how how they pulled off their vision as opposed to something I'm really enjoying. But um, that's okay. Sounds like I mean I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah. Um. I think I think they definitely nailed what they were going for. I even if it maybe isn't as connecting as strongly with me as it is with you guys. But
4: yeah, that's fair. I I really like. And I was talking with Josh about this earlier. I love the second disc so much. It. It was a lot of fun. It was it still had a lot of the elements from the first disc, but it was such a stark contrast in terms of aesthetic. And they varied the enemies Mm -hmm. and it felt it felt like a natural progression from disc one to disc two. Disc three has been not my favorite so far. It's been really fun. Uh it's cool. It kinda has like kinda has like a jungle book feel in a way. (laughs) Weird. Um but I've I still been really enjoying it. it. It becomes a lot more complex, where I feel like the second disc was much more just, like, straightforward running. Disc 3 is very, very meticulous. Um, it becomes much yeah. more... Um, le, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Labyrinth, labyrinth, labyrinth. Okay, labyrinth, it's more of like cleaning. a puzzle getting through
0: the environments kind of a thing? Yeah.
4: Well, because it becomes much more maze-heavy. Oh. I, I can't... I'm spacing the, levels the name. open labyrinth. Like, you. it
0: just... It
3: gets... Yeah, yeah, like and most of them are kind much, of going more, much left bigger, or right or yeah, vice yeah. versa. But like, yeah, it's taller. Like you've got more to deal with, like more options. Um,
4: that's yeah, one yeah. cool. You thing even have about, to backtrack a little bit
3: more.
0: That's one cool thing about when you mm-hmm. die is they show you that dead screen. You kind of see your trail. So like in the second area, uh if I saw like let's say I died, I would just look up. I would just like run straight to where it looks like it was gonna go because they actually show you the path when you die. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely interesting. I, I I found out, I figured it out. The monkey, you know how he bleeds orange blood. Um, I figured out the reason why. Right. It's okay. it's Tang.
2: Oh <laughs> Jesus! Remember that the Tang sense. commercials with
0: the monkey? Yeah. Come on. Well, that that yes. was a orangutan,
1: right? Okay
0: tang.
2: I was trying to figure out why the monkey was
0: bleeding. It's just an artistic decision, but the monkey actually bleeds orange blood. So I just Mm -hmm. told my daughter, she she saw me playing it. I was like, he's just bleeding tang. He's just dripping tang. Everything's fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I had to hide that from her because she can't see that game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Somebody shot a hole in my tank pouch.
0: <laughs> it's like <why>. a bullet bla- <laughs> It's like, like a bulletproof vest just <laughs> filled with little. Tank
4: if he packs. gets if he gets shot in the tank pouch three times, he, he becomes unconscious because he's so frustrated that he doesn't have any. They're
3: tanks. just mad because Johnny's mom forgot to bring orange slices to the game.
4: <laughs> I know. It, I know. I got mad when taking it out brought me slices. It, it might have
0: been cool if there was like a little bit of more of an emotional connection with the monkey. Like I'm not saying it needed a story story, but like. I, like why is he trapped like why do i keep starting off in these areas it's there's
4: really no reason it's just a, a gameplay ass game which is fine but i was like well the first one the first one they're testing on him. yeah it's uh, the first yeah. disc the second the second one it's like an ishmael situation where they're just like he's like the token office gorilla i mean like everyone has one <laughs> of those
0: and then the CEO. disc
4: three cl- clearly they're gonna you know m- like they've Ca- uh, captured him and caged him they're gonna use him for something like a circus or like murder him and take his pelt that's a nice tootsie roll you have on the camera there and um yeah. I don't know about disc 4 yet
0: yeah I, I yeah there's like a basic I'm just saying I wish they had played with that more cause there's some cool stuff there like like yeah, yeah. like animals getting no, tested they're all, all is...
4: yeah
3: like they all have a different reason like like you were saying one is a you know lab animal two possibly a lab animal it's hard to tell Yeah. Then three, you're like probably in some sort of menagerie for a warlord. That's what I thought. Because like the whole re the whole region is like at war. Like it's getting bombed and stuff. That like like each each disc has its own kind of big conceit that is different from the others. Like with the snipers on disc two like Shay and you were talking about earlier. And then three, you're getting just bombed from off screen constantly. Um, so you have to watch out for explosions that'll show up.
0: Is there like a King Kong one where you go up a building and you have to grab a lady? That would be great.
3: No, no. I guess you have to play one, and find out. Yeah, the last one has uh, its own conceit. but uh, Josh already yeah, said anyway, no. Anyway, th- I think the second one with the, with the snipers is probably my favorite, but yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. it sounds like you guys are enjoying it quite a bit, but yeah, it's it's a cool thing. It's a distinctive thing. I don't, I don't mind spending $15 on it because it's pretty unique. Um, Especially if you like that jazzy soundtrack. There's a reason. It reminds me a little bit
4: of Whiplash.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Am I the only one here who's seen Birdman? I'm the only one here who's seen Birdman. With Michael Keaton. Best Picture. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they do the kind of the same thing. but yeah. It's interesting. It, it did make me want to play both Donkey Kong and Hotline Miami, so that's... Nice. And you know what I realized? There's no way to get Hotline Miami on the Switch. Or Xbox. What kind of world are we living in? Hmm. Only PlayStation and Vita that and world. PC. So. PC it is. It'd be a great game on the Switch. I think it'd work well on there. So, Anyways, if that sounds interesting to you, you should check out some footage. It's only $15. And uh, especially if you're a fan of Devolver's games. because They've I was they got a bunch of weird games in their catalog. I was looking it up. They got a game called Genital Jousting. No joke. They have a game called Genital Jousting. It's a real game. So Devolver's out there. In fact, Devolver would be a great sponsor for us. I should message them. I really like what they're. All... Hmm. They're on the cutting. <laughs> they're on the cutting edge of violence and vulgar. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty cool thing. Ape out.
3: You don't want to be on that cutting
0: edge. Oh no, that's true. That's... Yeah, that came out <laughs> didn't go well for me last time. <laughs> Um. so yeah we'll stick with eight Bow I'm going to wrap up the show now because my wife is yelling at me from downstairs but is anyone here interested in Devil May Cry 5 or is that going to slip through the cracks I think
4: eh.
3: I think it's probably going to slip through the cracks I actually really enjoyed DMC Devil May Cry the whole reboot thing Yeah. but yeah it's just something I don't really get into a ton anymore me neither, like, yeah. I feel like Bayonetta has done it extremely, extremely well at this point, and even that, I just... I'm not super into. Like, it's yeah. just not really a genre. It's like, I feel like the game itself is good, but, like, the whole conceit of it is that it's... It's kind of like a score-chasing game. Yes. Like score game. Yeah. Like, a single-player score-chasing game, and it feels kind of strange... Yeah. Anyway, at least to me anyway. I don't know why. I, I don't
0: know. Yeah. This, and this game could be great. Could have a great story. Who knows? I'm just, yeah, I'm with you. I played Bayonetta 2 and I was like, this is great, but I'm just not into it and I don't know why. Um. Yeah. It was weird. But I remember the first mm-hmm. Devil May Cry when that dropped. It was such a cool feeling game. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll and see. then
3: they lost their way significantly. Yeah, they did. Two was yeah. downhill.
0: Three was slightly up. Four was eh and the remake was actually pretty good. It's been a weird fucking ride yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, maybe I'll rent it or something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find some exciting stuff to play. March is crazy. In all seriousness, Sekiro comes yeah. out this month, and that's gonna be the topic for a couple weeks. Um I think there's something else too I might be forgetting, but there's there's some really good stuff coming out this month. So it's gonna be a lot of good shows. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Always something.
4: All right, well, before we go, I wanted to tell you guys a quick fun, funny story, yes, really quick your before anecdotal we story. go. Yes, that yes. happened to me. Yeah, yeah, so last night like I was just dog shit tired. I've been working at both of my jobs for 2 days straight. We had a guy um at my side job who had been there for many years, but he got a new job, so unfortunately, he had to uh quit quit the side job. And so I've been cover I'm covering him for him for this past week and the next week. And then I'll be in Montana, but um, so I was just absolutely tired, and pretty much I got home, um, brushed my teeth, I I played Ape Out for like five minutes, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't stay awake, and that's a game you have to stay awake for, so you can't just like, it's not like War Groove where I can pass out for a half hour, wake up, and nothing's happened, which I've done a few times, <laughs> yeah, like. The nice out, thing you about turn-based <laughs> games, right? Uh-huh. Right. But so, anyways, like I'm laying in bed, I'm past the fuck out, and at some point in the middle of the night, there's a rumbling, like there's an earthquake, and I'm not joking about this. There's a legitimate earthquake, and I-, I woke up like halfway, like the fuck, why is the room rumbling? And then it it happened for about like five seconds, and then it stopped, and I was le- and I immediately fell asleep and went back to bed. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, that was a fucking crazy dream. I had some really crazy dreams last night. That wasn't the only one. I had another, I had another nonsensical dream, but yeah, I had this dream that, you know, like I thought I had this dream about an earthquake. So I'm laying in bed at like 7:30 this morning, looking at Facebook and one of my friends who lives, um, in Japan, he's like, that was a crazy earthquake. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And so (laughs) I looked at the time reference of when he posted that and it was about the time that I woke up from the earthquake and I was like, wait, that shit was real. And he's like, yeah, man, there's a real earthquake. It was only like a three, but, uh, I woke up, think, uh, I was barely awake through an earthquake and I was like, eh, whatever. And I went back to bed. That's crazy. It it was just, it was this really funny thing that happened. Like, because earthquakes, like the first one I've ever experienced, here, scared the fuck out of me and it was not that big but um yeah I woke up and I was like eh whatever and I went back to bed so
0: that's crazy yeah it's just like hmm. it's a subliminal thing I mean to be fair Shay weirdly enough I don't know if you heard about this we had an earthquake uh in Montana like a uh, couple last no, year no no it was a couple days ago recently um oh really another yeah, one yeah well I mean to be fair uh me and my wife hadn't had sex in like a week so <laughs>
2: super dry <laughs>
4: something your wife is uh, but um
0: so it's been a fun show uh like i said we have a couple side podcasts if you enjoy what we do one's called in the blood where i interview composers just check that out and we have one called evoking the sublime where Shay interviews game creators evoking the sublime and in the blood you check those out they're also up on our instagram page in our little like save story thing um of course our Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. And uh, we'll be back next week with all sorts of crazy hijinks, madness, and god knows what else. Again, big thanks to our sponsor at Sassy D merch. Uh from Fish in Texas, Shay in Japan, Josh in Michigan, and of course me in Montana. We will see you.